Transplanter RPG is proudly sponsored by at Dimitri Opines on Twitter. That is at D-M-I-T-R-Y-O-P-I-N-E-S. And Explain Trade, a negotiation skills training consultancy believing in the power of D&D and Transplaner's potential to grow, tell great stories, and lift up our community. Explain Trade trains negotiators for governments, big companies, NGOs, and offers e-learning courses for individuals looking to get a better deal from their boss. Level up your charisma score and check out explaintrade.com. Hey there, thank you for tuning in to Trans Planar RPG. We are an all transgender, people of color led, 100% homebrew, Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition live streamed actual play campaign set in an original non colonial anti orientalist world. I am your game master, Connie, my pronouns are they, he, and she, and this is my cast. Hi everyone, my name is C, I use they them pronouns, and I play Oka Hien, Asamar blood hunter and monster hunting expert. I'm Erica, and I play V Noct Shurzo, your lovable elf sorcerer slash charlatan with draconic ancestry. My name is Lyra, and I use they she pronouns. I play Manaya Wairua, a half orc fighter with a sailing background. I'm Max, my pronouns are they them, and I play Dewey Quirk, an Aarakocra artificer and researcher on the run from his former employers at the Ohanahi Research Laboratory. You can support Transplaner RPG by pledging to our Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, character sheets, high-res assets, and much, much more. You can also support us by giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. This helps immensely with getting new listeners to find us. So, with that out of the way, here are the content warnings for this episode. Content warnings for this episode include romance, flirting, explosions, jails and imprisonment, descriptions of food, blood and bloodletting, fantasy violence, and gore. Arc 4, Episode 13. Weapons and Trade and Borders and Dissipate. From D. Compositions by Nat Raha. We open on a chisel. Golden, heavy, streaking through frigid air like a bolt of aureate lightning. Its cutting edge glimmers sharp enough to fission atoms, the beveled neck of its blade twisting in midair before it plunges into the back of the Emperor of Tulong. The chisel rips through her embroidered robe, sundering the delicate silk and tears through the front of her chest. Blood splats against the ground, staining the petals of nearby flowers and painting the very first coating of snow on the ground red. This is the Emperor's demise. It is prophesized, and it will occur. But we're not quite there yet. And we cut now to seven days earlier to see Toktoa, the Kagan of Kirtal, a human woman with straight black hair and two wisps, framing a proud, angular face. She sits astride a handsome Appaloosa, a composite bow made of horn and sinew strapped to her back. The archer beside Toktoa, Selim, raises her voice and repeats, All hail her majesty, Toktoa Kagan, rightful paragon, 
of Galtanger. And at that, the Curian riders beside Selim begin beating their fists against their chest and shouting. And their horses snort and whinny in excitement, and the noise just immediately coalesces to sound like thunder rolling across an open field. The Tulongan nobles, packed near the gate, look alarmed. A uh, surprise and shock ripples through the gathered congregation, and Oka, Manaya, Rev, V, and Dewey. The five of you catch hushed uh, whispers murmuring all around you. Paragon of Galtanger? What are they talking about? Could it be true? What do the four of you do? Oka looks down at Dewey. Manaya attempts unsuccessfully also to not look down at Dewey. V looks down at <laughs> not so Not so subtly either. Dewey, like, doesn't move his head from facing forward, but his eyes flick back and forth from the left to the right to his friends and tries not to show any sign of alarm. And he's just sort of, like, half-heartedly clapping along with the crowd. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I love that. And I think while your your feathered hands sort of come together hesitantly, that's when servants, uh, too long in servants, rush forward to accept this wedding gift uh, from Toktoa. And amidst all the chanting and the beating of fists on chests, uh, you all see stable hands leading these 20 gleaming horses away from this Kyrian procession. And then Toktoa, Kagan herself, raises a fist, and the archers beside her immediately stop beating their chests and chanting. And the Kagan raises her eyes to Prince Moa and Halo at the edge of this gleaming pond. And she speaks. Her voice is low and measured, quivering with power like a bowstring drawn taut. Congratulations to the happy couple. The clans are always, uh, excited for an excuse to travel south of the Godspine. Gives our horses a nice exercise. Uh, and Halo, at being addressed directly, blinks, uh, like taking in the stuff about the Paragons, too. Uh, she quickly regains her composure and smiles. Ah, yes, of course, Kagan. Uh, regarding your captain's proclamation of, uh, of Paragonhood? And at that, Toktoa turns her horse around, actually, uh, to not just address Halo and Prince Moa, but everyone in the palace, including all of you. I am aware, as are we all, that the Cataclysm has changed Endake in more ways than one. The stars are gone, strange beasts threaten our people, unnatural phenomena lay waste to our homesteads. Magic, too, drains from the weave like blood from a wound. But the gods are not gone like many of us think they are. Not completely. Echoes of them remain in the now, separated from their full selves because we, as a people, are separated from the after and the beyond. Some of these phenomena I am struck and grieved to report are the doing of our very gods themselves. The carnival in Nabal, the undeath in the court, the rage in Talmud, the unspooling in Morose, the storm in Nuhanahi, the stagnation in Jukai, the great herding in the plains of Kirtal. My shamans and my ascetics tell me that these god shards seek champions to protect them. That's right. 
paragons. And we have heard the rumors. Who hasn't? The white-haired elf in a ball. The scythe-wielding drow in the court. Citizens of the palace. The paragons walk among us today in the apocalypse destined to bring balance back to Andake like they did during the gambit of queens. And yet, where is my paragon? Where is Jukai's? Uhanahi's? It has been almost a year since the world ended and the saviors we have been promised are absent. My people have starved. Their homes have been destroyed, razed to the ground, their families torn apart by the cataclysm. And yet, where is my paragon? Hmm? Where are they? I know it's easy for you proud citizens of Tsulong to bury your heads in the Dream Shield and forget about the rest of us, but not all of us are so lucky as to have a paragon as our kingdom's ruler. And at that, the gathered nobles of the court to gasp. As soon as Kahan Taktoa turns around and, and like starts to get into that topic, Manaya is actually going to elbow Oka like really, really hard and kind of loudly under her breath go, the boat, the boat, the scrying boat. We need to get the doctor, doctor. He needs to see doctor? this. Doctor? He needs to see okay, this. Okay, 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 fine. I didn't bring it. God. It's just a, it, why would I bring it? I never bring it. It's just my room. You like to bleed everywhere. Why don't you bring everything with you to bleed into? Well, then I do just, take I notes or something. We need to get all of this written down. They need to know everything. Are you going to go? Here's your chance to eat. They're, they're talking about you. Go, go. You want me to go up there? No. What is this, this sort of political speech? I'm not going to get up there. I just danced in front of everybody. It's okay. That's one thing. I think that's when murmurings begin to spread as well. Like y'all are whispering and everyone else around you is also whispering because this is like insanity for like talk to a Kagan to roll up in here and just drop all this stuff on everyone publicly, right? Uh, but then like, as like the buzzing and the murmuring all around you begins to rise and rise and rise like heat, the emperor upon their gilded throne elevated on this beautiful glassy pond raises a hand and everyone, the whisperings quiet down. And for the first time since the dignitaries of other nations began arriving, the emperor speaks. Kagan, what is it you want? Emperor, my request is simple. I, Elder Pohaku, and Lord Henka Oju are the founding members of what we call the Alliance of the Eight. We are world leaders united in our quest to restore peace and balance to Endake. Consider this an open invitation to all leaders here to join us. If you believe the Paragons could be doing more and should be answering to the people they supposedly serve instead of operating with impunity, then our interests are aligned. As for what I personally want right now, there are two things. One, you and I both know that the Paragon of Galtengar is among us today, as are paragons of certain other gods, though I shan't name them, for it is not my place to tell other nations how to conduct their business. I want this so-called paragon of Galtanger to come and talk to me and to answer for their absence. And the second thing I want, your finest women in my guest chambers tonight, if it pleases <laughs> me. Can't do we be both? 
Oh my god. <laughs> Dewey male wife confirmed. This whole time Dewey can't meet like anyone's eyes. Come on, Dewey, just go! Not here, no. Later. I think at this point V's gonna look to Rev and be a little bit like, Should I do something? V Rev. And Oka kind of like motions. And Oka, I think, is gonna kind of like pat Sambaya on the shoulder and kind of just like shift her over and walk out toward Taktoa Kagan. Ideally flanked by V and Rev, who are the notable paragons here. Yeah, V V's right in there. Rev nods and sort of like rolls her neck, like puts her shoulders back, walks forward, right? Like into this like cleared aisle, right? Like full of these Kyrian writers and Toktoa herself. And you push forward. And I think like all eyes fall on you. And Toktoa sort of muscles her horse around and like her, like you hear like the hooves sort of clopping over like the packed earth. She like sort of looks down the length of like her horse's neck at the, at the three of you stepping out. What do you do? Toktoa Kagan. The Paragons would be happy to meet with you and the Alliance of the Eight at your earliest convenience. And you hear like ripples of like shocked whispers again, like like undulate through the crowd. You hear someone go, what? The bastard? Prince Tien, but what do they mean, Paragon? What could it be? No. You know, there's like a lot of like a lot more rumors like spreading through like the, the gathered nobles. But Toktoa just smiles. Ha. Huh. I knew my words would pull at least some of you out of hiding. Very well. I'm open to talk. You must understand that sometimes hiding is for the safety of everyone involved. I would also like to put forward a name for your council. A ninth name, if all eight world leaders are present. Oh? One Dr. Hitsagatin Oluso, who will ideally join your council. Oka, you look at Toktoa, her eyebrows raised, and you sort of see past her, right, in the direction of Prince Moore. Standing behind Prince Moore is Queen Moore, who, at Dr. Aluso's name being brought up, you see, like, her, like, steepled fingers sort of clench around her fists, like, the jewels, like, like, shining, and she, like, her eyes widen, and, like, she, like, lifts a fan up to her face and covers, like, part of it to, like, like, conceal her, like, seething rage, and, like... Emotions just rolling off of her scales. And then, like, we zoom, sort of like zoom back, pull back to talk to his face, and she goes, Dr. Hitsakatin Aluso. <laughs> Are these your terms then for parley? No terms needed, just an offering, an olive branch. Very well. Offerings of peace are much needed in these turbulent times. Let none here say that the Kagan of Kirtal is unreasonable. Very well. And I think Oka steps back, and as they do, like, they're looking at the emperor out of the corner of their eye, as much as they can. And your mother-father speaks. And as she does, like, the pearls strung in front of her face are, like, hanging as still as icicles. And her voice echoes out and says, Very well. I cannot force the paragon of Galtinger to act, if they are indeed among us today. But the others have spoken. I will have my women sent as well. Oka, you said we're kind of starting to leave, right? I mean, if uh, Oka would Oka would take a step back. They've said their piece, but go ahead. I think V is going to uh, look at the horse up and down and just uh, be like, you know, Galtanger's always had such lovely horses. I would know from experience. 
I cannot wait to have a good conversation with you, and she'll turn around and walk, start walking away. Paragon of Scott and Nectus, be careful what you gamble your future on. Because you're not just gambling with your own heart, you're gambling with the hearts of everyone in Endake. That's all I'm asking for, some accountability. Yeah. Uh, and the Kagan sort of, like, turns her horse around. And with that, like, all the Kyrians also, like, trot off. Like, they all sort of fold themselves into the crowd with the rest of the dignitaries. And there's, like, a, like a suspended pause. And then, like, as if remembering that's their job, like, some Tulongan dancers begin, like, filling the space with, like, dancing. And, like, like Tulongan drums start beating because there's, like, a welcoming ceremony. Like, mingling and dancing uh, after all of the dignitaries arrive. So, like, as the crowd sort of pushes in and everything becomes a bit less formalized, right? People start mixing and mingling. What do the four of you do? Paragon huddle. I think as V's heading to the, like, as soon as all the beats and stuff are starting going, V's, like, back in the, like, Scott and Nectus type, so, but, like, yeah, we're making her way to, to, a, to a Paragon huddle. So Rev is also going to, like, huddle around and sort of, like, pull her shoulders back, like, the gleaming oil black feathers on her cape sort of rippling down. And she's going to, I think she, like, turns to look at you, Dewey, and she just sort of says, Dewey, are you going to talk to her? Guess that doesn't inspire confidence, do we? If you need backup, I'll be there for you. Please come with me. Yeah, we won't leave you alone unless you want to be alone with her, which I don't blame you. No, I think she would chew me up and spit me out. As much as I've been trying uh, not to be the paragon, I think we should go talk to her. We? Do you want all of us? We would all gladly. Will you come with me? And if things go well, I won't need you, but. Who knows? The second you need a fireball, friend, it's yours. Okay, but we're not fireballing any of the world leaders, okay? We're not, not... Fee, this is good. This, this could be a good thing. Dr. Aluso has been trying to talk to all of them for years now to warn them about the cataclysm. If there's a way that they actually all get in the same room to talk to them, that could help us. It could help everyone. Please, no fucking fireballs. Think about how many months we spent... In just the three nations we've been to, and suddenly we have them all here, we could get them all on our side and us on theirs in one fell swoop. Look, friends, I just don't... When something seems too good to be true, it can just... I'll be careful here. I'm going to be ready to fireball anybody who's going to be a threat, but I look, I'm listening. I'm listening. Don't look at me like that, Oka. I'm, the only person you're fireballing tonight, V is that Adam bitch from the chrysalis, okay? We don't have time, do we? Just talk to talk to a Kagan. Let her know who you are, and she'll be here all week. I need to find, and Oka like starts, you know, like craning their neck to look over the crowd. Kane, Halo, you can do it, okay? I'll be there. Asuhan, we gotta stay together, right? Wait, does this mean that the Paragon Killer is gonna go after... Is the heat off of me? I hate how you're smiling when you say that. Yeah, come on. Come on, Dewey. I'm not. He's definitely trying to suppress a smile. Come on. Like, the Paragon Killer doesn't know who you actually are and that that's not actually the Paragon. Come on. Dewey, I thought you were the smart one. I'll talk to her, okay? Thank you. And Oka kind of, like, turns from Paragon Huddle and just kind of pivots to their mom, who's probably also just right there. Uh, and they kind of like crouch down uh, and put a hand, like a hand on either one of her shoulders. 
Ma, I, um, I, um, I have to take care of some things, okay? Are you fine here? Oka, what is happening? Why are you stepping forward as part of this? I don't understand. It's, I... it's, uh, it's confusing. It's, it's, um, you can ask mother or father about it, maybe. Just, whatever you do, Oka, you always seem to be caught up in problems so much greater than anything any of us could have anticipated. Just be careful. Okay, Oka? Can you promise me that? I'll be okay. Maybe not careful, but I'll be okay. <sighs> Fine. Go. Do what you must. Yaya, come back! No, no! And Arden starts, like, rolling off as Yaya's, like, trying to go up to one of the horses. Yaya, come with me. You want to meet Champion Kane, right? Huh? Oh, yeah, but look at that horse! It's so big! I bet I bet I could break my, my sternum in one kick! But yeah, I want, I want to meet the champion! I want to meet the champion! Let's go. Okay! Bye, horsey! And Yaya sort of peels off and, like, runs after you. If there's no one you'd like to talk to, could at least one of you keep an eye on Oka? Yeah, if you're watching Dewey, I will just, uh, I'll keep a safe, di- I will- I'm not going to interfere, but I'm just going to keep an eye on our good friend Oka, make sure that they don't get in any trouble. Right, I should probably check in with the Duchess. Uh, it's been a while since I've been back to Blackspire. A lot has changed. Would have thought you'd keep communication, keep in touch. Well, I could zap back there whenever I want to, but... I don't know how the Dream Shield would interfere with that. Is it not? Oh, it's not down yet. That's right. Mm-hmm. Things are a little bit fuzzy. Magic gets lost in the ambience. All right, V. Keep an eye on Oka. I'll stick around. Make sure nothing suspicious goes down. I think we follow uh, Oka first. Oka, you sort of peel through the crowd with V sort of following, maybe like, oh, excuse me, you know, like, like doing like the awkward like crowd dance uh, very close behind. And it does not take very long to find Kane because Kane was also trying to find you. And I think the crowd parts like momentarily and the two of you bump into each other actually. Uh, but Kane doesn't bump. They just sort of, ooh, like they like very gracefully like sort of like step back, right? As maybe like you stagger forward a little bit. And they go, Oka, my little paragon. What are you doing here? Uh, hello, I'm the champion. <sighs> Couldn't Xiaohu come instead or something? I left Xiaohu in charge of the championship while I took this very important dignitary-related mission. Kane, you're not safe here. None of you are safe here. You think I don't know that? Obviously, being a world leader now is extremely dangerous. But it's part of the reason why we sign up for the job. No reward without a little bit of risk, right? And I don't, don't trust anyone else to be in charge of my people. It's so annoying when you make sense. Uh, uh, Kane, this is my little sister, Sambaya. Sambaya, this is Kane. Uh, hi, you can just call me Yaya. Oh, aren't you the cutest little cookie? I could just gobble you right up. Wow, look at you. Quite tall for your age. How old is she? Uh, seven? Uh, fourteen. 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 Kane sort of raises an eyebrow, looks back down at Sambaya. Well, you're much taller than I was at your age. Really? You, you hear that, Oka? I was taller than the champion at their age. <laughs> you certainly were. Why don't you go see if uh, one of the Kagans will let you ride one of their horses? Or see if Halo will let you take a spin? Really? 
it was it was so great to meet you, uh, Champion Kane. I've always wanted to visit Nabal, you know, bef even before the Cataclysm. I guess now still, but mostly when all of this is over, I would love to come and visit. And I, I hear the towers are really beautiful. Liangyo's always talking about how they're so tall, they touch the belly of Galtanger, and, and those things are all true. Tell you what, when all this is over, I will give you an all-expenses-paid vacation to Bacchanalia Beach. Bacchanalia Beach? Kane! Somebody, I... Stop that. Okay, yeah, all right. I'll go off to uh, see the horses. They're so pretty. That one's kind of burgundy. Uh, and she sort of, like, runs off, you know? But then, like, stops, comes back, and says, It was nice to meet you. Um, and does, like, a curtsy. That's too long and curtsy. And then runs off again. Kane. Kane. I, I, there's, and Oka's like looking around again, you know, like trying to find Halo now, you know, I, I, fuck, I need your help. Of course you do, darling. I had a feeling. That's why I had to come personally and not just Xiaohu. Believe me, Ri's doing fine. I think we cut to the championship where we see Xiaohu in the middle of like a crowd getting crowd surfed at one of like Kane's like post-cataclysm concerts and Ri screaming, let me down, please, let me down. And then we come back uh, to this moment right here. Ri's doing fine. Now, what do you need help with? And Oka kind of like leans forward and whispers in Kane's ear. There's a paragon killer. Half of my soul is gone and they're trying to kill my family. <sighs> Sounds like another week for one Oka Hien. Stop. That's not funny. It really does feel like that. <sighs> All right. Just tell me where you need me to help. Just come find me later at the... Just just stand outside of the guest quarters. Understood. Also, hi, V. Good to see you. Been a minute. Yeah. What? V? <laughs> Don't you have something to go do? Something important? Like being a world leader. <laughs> fine, fine. I can tell when I'm not wanted anymore. Kane, it was nice to see you. Uh, nice I had to fun see you. Too. How are the uh, how are S and N inside you? Oh God, let me tell you. All I do is like make out in there. It's wild. It's really. Uh, they want Ooh. me to follow my heart. You know, hard that and be like, like kind of like gets lost in the crowd. Like all of a sudden, this wave of like dancers come and like whisk V away. Oh, oh, bye, V. Well, I'm glad she's having fun with them. You know, when they were inside me, I... <laughs> that was literally the worst moment of my life. Yeah. You remember that time you punched me so hard that I almost went through a wall and I got a black eye? I do. I also remember ripping a bunch of people's hearts out through their chests. Or was that just a dream? Did that actually happen? I will see you later. Okay, love. Hey, 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 hey. You're forgetting something. And Kane sort of presses up against you. Like, there are, like, tails sort of wraps against your ankle. And they lean in and kiss you. Okay, fine. It's a kiss. Okay. <laughs> Cute. And maybe on the kiss, we're going to cut over to Dewey and Manaya. The two of you are forging a path through the crowd, like, past these beautiful flower bushes and little streams and bridges and ponds and whatnot toward the Kyrian congregation. Dewey, how are you doing? I think that Dewey's standing in front or walking in front of Manaya's behind him and she keeps stepping on his ankles because he's trying to go as slowly as he possibly can. And and Manaya is thinking in the back of her head, like, Dewey, come on, go faster. But what everything that's coming out of her mouth is, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. I think eventually 
eventually. Dewey and Manaya, the two of you make your way to like the very edge of where the Kyrians have set up. Like, like their horses kind of form an intimidating barrier, I think. <laughs> That is hard to get through. They're quite, they're quite large. Um, though some of them are short and stocky, some of them are much bigger than others. Uh, and you eventually reach like the the edge of where the Kyrians are. And you see like several like like muscular looking like archers on horseback are pacing around. And one of them like stops their horse in front of you, looks down at you, Dewey, and says, In common, can I help you? Uh yeah, can I talk to the Kagan? The archer looks down and says, Uh-huh. Kagan's a really uh, busy woman, doesn't really have time for anyone that's not a world leader right now. Oh, yeah, I, I know that's like, you know, schedule full, of, uh, just like Paragon stuff day and night. There's a pause, and like the archer looks at their buddy. They both look at you, and then they burst out laughing. Uh, Dewey turns to Manaya and is like, you want to do some Paragon? Uh, uh, none of us can do any of our cool Paragon. Uh, huh. Uh, well. Let me try a couple of things. Manaya folds her arms and walks up. And the horses are big. And Manaya is probably not bigger than a lot of horses because horses are big. But she is imposing. They're not like up... seven and a half feet tall horses. Really? They're like, no. No. <laughs> Especially, I think, Kyrian horses, which are kind of like stocky and, and short and like built for speed as opposed to like labor. Listen, the last time I saw a horse, I was like eight. And I remember them being like 12 feet tall. Probably because you were eight. <laughs> but <laughs> Manaya walks up to the archers on the horses, her arms crossed, and she says, If the Toktoa has no time for a couple of paragons to meet her, then uh, what? She values her women over the safety of the planet? She values her time. What do you think you're implying? Hey, our job right now is to guard the Kagan's time. And if you're just going to be wasting it, then... Let them through. And the Kagan's voice sort of like cuts above these like bickering guards. And like, you know, one of them is like an, uh, an elf, I think. And you see like their ears like press against like their scalp and they, uh, yes, Kagan. And they both sort of like turn their horses aside and like let the two of you into the ring. Manaya whispers to Dewey, well, glad plan A worked. Plan B was pretending to be the Paragon of Sen. Princess of Leaves, the whole... Oh, the, the, oh, oh. Okay. that's actually not a bad idea. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, maybe shelf that one, keep it for later. <laughs> the two of you step through this aperture created by the horses. And you all see sort of like um, milling about, like certain special nobos have been let through this like impromptu barricade, right? Like particularly pretty too long and women, I think, uh, are quite numerous here. As well as like servants holding like these like beautiful trays of tea and snacks and whatnot. And in the middle of all of this, she's gotten off her horse and is currently grooming it. It's like brushing down the Appaloosa, right? And like sort of like patting it down the neck. Is Toktoa Kagon. And off her horse, she is actually shorter, I think, than you expect. She's maybe only 5'7". Uh, but she carries herself, I think, with a lot of height and a lot of importance. She's flanked on either side by just like really heavily armed Kyrian soldiers. And they all sort of like part to allow the two of you to step forward. And like without even really looking at you still, like still like sort of busy, busy grooming her horse, she speaks and says, so two of you are paragons? Uh, yeah, are, are you? At that, Toktoa like pauses in the brushing and turns to look at the two of you. And her, like, dark brown eyes just, like, 
stay on you, Dewey, right? Like very much like a hunter that's got like a rabbit in their scope. Destiny is funny. It chooses arbitrarily. Even if I am not the paragon of Galtanger right now, who says I can't become her? As much as I would like to have this conversation in a more private place to talk about delicate matters, if you would have everyone know, then we would have everyone know. A paragon's soul is not a normal soul. It is a soul that can hold the shard of a god. Their power is more powerful than any magic user Andake has ever seen. One of our paragon's mentors, one who claims herself as their teacher, and by all accounts should be more powerful than them, could not hold one. And yet they could. With all due respect for the safety of you and your people, I ask that you trust us, the paragons, with their power. Hmm. And she sort of like looks at you carefully, Manaya, like finally looking away from Dewey to like look up at you. Mahu. Yes? Not just because you speak like a Nuhan. They say that Mahu. <laughs> Mahu's words were like waves rolling over her enemies, dragging them to the depths of the ocean. Some days, the sea as flat and open as a rolling field, calm and serene. Other days, turbulent and stormy, striking without giving any quarter to her enemies. Galtenger is all about freedom. Do you know what's happening in Kirtal? Do either of you? We have hit many hurdles on our travels. We can only move so fast, and we need each other to protect ourselves. I suppose Kirtal could be next, but until we get there, we don't know. A great herd has picked up, with no rhyme or reason, several weeks after the cataclysm occurred. It has been taking our animals, our horses, our cows, our zebras, our elephants, animals we need for milk and horn and meat and fur. This herd has only grown in size and rapidity. It travels through the Ogumor River Valley with no rhyme or reason, trampling over homesteads, destroying grazing grounds, devastating the ecology that has been there for generations that our ancestors have tended to. I suspect that the god shard of Galtenger is at the heart of that herd. I myself have overseen and sent my swiftest, strongest riders after this herd, but none could penetrate it. So I believe you. What do you say that it takes a special soul to coax the god shard out of hiding? And I am not so arrogant as to assume that I don't need help. It's precisely why I, the Elder, and the Great Uniter have formed the Alliance of the Eight. We are stronger together. I know that myself, after uniting all the great 99 clans of Kirtal under a single banner. You. What are you the paragon of? I can't quite figure it out. And her eyes fall back on you, Dewey. Dewey kind of looks at them in like a little bit of like, he can't quite place what the sort of, he's he's looking at them kind of quizzically and is like, like Galtanger, right? Is, that's what you say out loud? With that very questioning tone in your own voice? <laughs> yeah. 
Manaya uh, nudges you. Come on, more, more confidence. Say it more uh, confidence. It's more question. <clears throat> Galtanger? <laughs> Talk. Toktoa looks down at you. And I think this entire time, she's kind of talked to the two of you almost as equals a little bit, and has like allowed you to address her in like a more familiar way than normal people would. But at your introduction, Dewey, she looks down at you, and you see just her eyebrows raise and like, and then soften. And you see like a glimmer of disgust flash across her gaze. Huh. I see. Hmm. Paragon of Galtanger, then. After all this is over, I have a request for you. For too long have the clans of Kirtal been neglected in the wake of the Cataclysm. We need you. Come to the clans. I'll let everyone know that your arrival is to be expected and welcomed. Rescue the God Shard from the heart of the Great Herd and bring it to me. If you do that successfully, then I will yield my claim to Paragonhood. But if you fail, then I do not. Uh, sounds like a plan. Uh, maybe don't announce to everyone. You know, there's sort of like a whole assassination thing going on. What? Manaya hard elbows Dewey. <laughs> Loose lips sink ships or whatever. Um, I will... Mm -hmm. And you're sinking our ship. Yes. Kahan, besides the paragon of Galtenga talk, there are some very delicate matters that you... And Manaya's uh, voice goes down that you need to know about, and it would be ideal if no one else knows. Understood. There are too many ears and eyes here. Find me during the week. The sooner the better. And you, she turns to you, Dewey. I will be awaiting your arrival in the clans. Cool. Sounds like a I'll put it on my calendar. Oh my god. <laughs> Jesus. Oh uh, yeah. Talk to a... Like, <sighs> she just... Hmm. And turns around and goes back to grooming her horse as sort of like this conversation is over. And and I think like several like pretty women push push forward to like say hello to her, you know what I mean? Dewey. You are I'm so a fellow Ruhanahan. You are a fellow paragon. And you are one of my closest trusted friends, but Mahu's waves, you are the least cool paragon you've <laughs> met so far. <laughs> <laughs> Oh you my get god! By Manaya, you know you done fucked up! Paragon killer number two, right here! <laughs> <laughs> oh god, okay, Manaya take inspiration for that. That was freaking hilarious. Uh, let's cut away from that scene of disaster uh, to Oka. I think you find Halo, right? That's the next person you want to try to approach? Yeah, I think Oka kind of, they're bouncing. They're going through all the things. Uh, and I think maybe we like pull in uh, on them, like saying like something like in really quiet words to the elder of, um, elder Rao Bohaku. But I think like then they, then they catch, I think maybe they like see Halo and they like kind of push away. Uh, like they're being dragged along by a river. Oh, just 
be be careful, young one. It was good to meet you. Uh, mm. <laughs> and like this older satyr man sort of like lowers his grizzled uh, furred hand as you like surge toward Halo. You catch Halo in a in a very rare moment of like not being fawned upon by like a zillion people like congratulating her on her like upcoming wedding ceremony right um she's like stepped away probably for a breather uh and you see like several like guards like sort of like holding up hands and not allowing people to come up to talk to her she's like sort of by the edge of a pond and sort of like like sighing and like looking at like the fish swimming through the water what do you do Oka just shoves right on past the guards i think hey hey you can't just Oka. no no it's fine let them through Oka. It's good to see you. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You too. You look like you're in a dress. It's... Uh-huh. Thank you. Uh, this dress took 12 embroiderers and a year and a half of nonstop labor to make. I didn't know that was your style. No. It's... It's not. But Prince Mole insisted. And Oka gets this, like, look of disgust. They kind of, like, turn, like, just, like, a little bit, you know, before they catch it and rein it in. Uh, you, the bones from, from Starwing, Duchess Starwing. Yes, the prophecy bones. They only work for a, a few instances, but it is said that any omen read from them will absolutely come true that they are the most accurate soothsaying bones you can find. That doesn't bode well, Oka says under the breath. Uh, the, uh, the, did you like the tapestry? I was thinking that Prince Mo looked a little bit gray in those first few panels. Oka? We should talk. We should talk about, as she gestures at the dignitaries, right? Yeah, but we should talk about something else too. Halo, you don't... You don't have to do this. What? This. The the dress. The... Prince Moore. I told you before. It, it, yes, things need to go a certain way so that the prophecy doesn't deviate to, to where we don't know what's going on. But I have a plan and you don't have to go... You don't have to go through with it, Halo. Look at you. You look so uncomfortable. I... Oka... <laughs> Prince Moore, if you marry him, you might not be the dream prophet forever, Halo. What are you implying, Oka? I'm implying that once this is all over, I have a few choice words for Queen Moore. <laughs> Oka, ever since you left, were forced to leave, my life was turned upside down. I thought that we were going to be together forever. That's what all the dreams said. That's what all... And then it changed. Just like that, the future changed. All it took was a single day. And for seven years, I resigned myself to a different future. And now I'm finally ready to accept it. And you're telling me that I... What, that I have a choice in the face of destiny? Yes. All it takes is a single day, Halo. That's what you just said. Why can't that be true for you? 
Because I am a servant of destiny. The river takes me. I don't divert it. The waters divert me. Well, then what if I'm the water? I fucked it up the first time. Maybe I could fuck it up again. Oh, God. I... And you sort of see, like, conflict, sort of, like, darken Halo's face, like, nodding her brows together as she sort of, like, averts her gaze, looks down into the water. Her jaw sort of, like, tightens. She's clearly, like, parts of her are fighting, right? Like, internally. (laughs) It wasn't just destiny, Halo, that tore us, us apart. And Oka, like, turns like across the lake to look at Queen Moa. Somebody else played a part. Somebody else moved the river, okay? It wasn't supposed to be like this. This wasn't destiny. This wasn't our destiny. What destiny do we have? Even if I don't marry Prince Moa, you'll have to sacrifice yourself regardless, Oka. And where, selfish as this is, where does that leave me? Not married to a fucking asshole who doesn't love you. There's something I need to tell you that's not related to this. Hey, don't cry. Uh, And Oka kind of like swipes a finger over her cheek. What? Tell me. What's going on? I'm, I'm fine. Um, a vision. I received a vision last night late last night and I had to wake up so early to get ready for the reception I didn't have the opportunity to find you until now um okay I don't know what you and the other paragons are planning but I saw something I saw five hunters chasing a black stag through the wood but the stag was chasing something too a a blackbird flitting through the branches and eventually The stag catches the blackbird in its mouth and kills it. And the hunters catch up to the stag, but the stag turns to tar in their hands. And when the hunters turn around, they see that the forest is gone. Oka is so bad at dream interpretation. I have it written on my character sheet. They are awful at it. They look at Halo with not nary a thought behind their eyes. Are are, are we the hunters? Or who's the stag? I'll admit this dream was a little difficult even for me to parse, but I've had all day to think about it, and I can think of no other interpretation than this. Whatever plan you and the others are up to right now, you're the hunters, there are five of you. You think you're on the right path, chasing the stag, your enemy, but your enemy is one step ahead. The stag, you, you think it's what you want, but it's, it's a diversion. It's a dangerous diversion. A blackbird. That's the family crest of the fifth spouse, Mu Piao. Mu Piao's in danger. Oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck. And Oka books it. Oka turns wait, and books Oka, it. Oka, wait, I just. <laughs> they skid to a stop and turn around and run back. What, 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 what more? What plan were you and the other paragons hatching? What were you going to do tonight? We were going to confront the handler, the handler of the paragon killer. Where? In Mu Piao's garden. But the spy... We have the spy. We, 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 we have the spy. With the first two queens. No, 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 no. If all of you go to Mu Piao, it's a trap. No. No, you, you can't just all put one, your eggs in a single basket. 
You should, um... The prison. The Queen Moor's prison. Where the spy is. We need to go look at it now. And we also have to go look at the fifth spouse's courtyard. Two of us? Two, two, two groups? You want us to split up? Yes! There are five of you! Okay, you... Okay. 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 Thank you, Halo. Uh, and Uka uh, grabs her face uh, and kisses her on the forehead. And then turns around and fucking sprints into the crowd again. Okay, when you book it back into the crowd, uh, I think, like, we rush past you. I think you see V being born on the crowd, right? Sort of, like, chanting, Scott Nectus, Scott Nectus. But as you book past V, uh, do you, like, call out to her? Yeah, V, ne- V, V, <laughs> fireball time, let's go. And all of a sudden there's this bright green flash. And, and then all of a sudden, uh, Oka just hears like a pop on the other side of them. And there's V like sprinting beside. What's going on? What? Uh, a lot to explain. I can only do it once. Where's everyone else? They went, uh, didn't they, what did they go? You don't know where they are? I was looking at you. And maybe that's when like Manaya and Dewey, the two of you hear very familiar shouting uh, as you're like walking away from the Kyrian congregation and you see Oka and V in the crowd. They're running. Why are they running? Dewey, what's wrong? What's going on? Uh, I guess we're running too. And Dewey starts running and tripping over everyone's dresses. Uh, Manaya picks up her dress train in one hand and Dewey in the other and just starts going. Where are we going? I don't know. Oka! Uh, Oka pivots. Run, uh, kind of like meat. Uh, and I think Oka, Manaya's carrying stuff, and Oka like uses Manaya's butt, like steps up on her knee and then like grabs her shoulder and like pulls themselves up uh, over the head of the crowd to look for Rev. Like literally just climbs Manaya like a goddamn tree to look for Rev. Rev, I'm in trouble! <laughs> immediately, <laughs> immediately, like fucking Edward Cullen in Twilight. Poof. Like there's like. <laughs> A flash of feathers at, you know, her girlfriend being in danger. Uh, and like Rev apparates, right? And she's like holding like a, a, a cup of tea in one hand and it like splashes a little bit. V, V. Okay, good. We need another huddle. Okay. Is something wrong? V, are, are you okay? The blackbird is going to die. There's a blackbird. Whoa, whoa, keep your huh? voice down. There's a lot of, ha- lot of eyes and ears here. What? Who? Huh? Uh, 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 okay. Let's go. Uh, and Oka's gonna lead everyone back toward the courtyard so we can talk privately. No, uh, their families. Okay, we cut to y'all at the courtyard. Like in the distance, the party's happening. You know, like at like we can like hear music playing. Like we can see bodies dancing in the back. But y'all are now huddled up against like a stone wall in privacy. And, and then she said it was a trap. It was a trap. Of course, it's a trap. We're trying to lay a trap. No, it's a trap for us. Adam knows somehow that we're supposed to be coming for him and he's going to kill Idvala or, or, or Mupiao, but something is wrong. We, we can't just confront him now. It's, he's ahead of us. He knows something. How would he know? We interrogated Idvala privately. I, I know. That's why I said we should have kept him in the, in the, in the fucking, uh, uh, the, 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 the hole, Dewey, the hole. I, we should have kept them in the hole. The hole was a bad idea. The hole was a good idea. The hole was unsustainable. This is, do we go talk to the spy in the prisons? Halo said we should split up, right? So we should probably do that. One team go to the prison, the other go rescue Mu Piao or something. 
Well, look, Adam's expecting to meet someone in that courtyard. Someone should be there. It can't be all of us. No. V. Oh. No, we should have... Because someone needs to look like Idvala. On the off chance that Adam doesn't know that Idvala is being held captive, someone needs to be there looking like him. I think I should go there. Uh, we've never met. Uh, yeah, I'm the only one who's seen Adam, too. Right. Then, Revan Dewey, you two to the dungeons? Unless, Okun, if you know them well. I do. I fucking do know the dungeons well. I mean, we still got the map that, uh, Gwyn drew us. That's true. We do. All right. Then Dewey, Oka, and I will go to the, uh, the, the dungeons of Queen Moor. Manaya and V, will you be okay? We'll be fine. Oka, I need to make sure you can get out of there. Because if something goes wrong, <laughs> we need you topside. Or you need to get out. We're talking Rev or V teleportation or Dewey flying or something. I'll grab both of you and teleport out. You can do that? You can do that? Yeah. You can do that? Obviously. Why haven't we done that yet? It hasn't been necessary? I've busted out of there once before I can do it again. Come on. Uh, and like, as Rev turns, she billows her cloak and casts um, Pass Without Trace over the three of you. Uh, so the two of you have plus 10 to your stealth checks. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, and to you, Manaya and V, it seems like they just want to vanish, right? As like a ripple of like raven feathers like falls over part of your congregation. As they disappear, Manaya turns to V and, and says, so can you still see her or something? Do you have girlfriend vision? That, I, uh, we'll talk later. Let's go. <laughs> v, you, you feel Rev just like kiss you on the forehead and then like she's, she's gone, right? You like smell her cologne and then she's gone, right? Uh, so let's go to V and Manaya first. As the two of you, I think, whip around and head toward the fifth spouse's courtyard, right? Uh, v, are you transforming into Idvala? Yeah, slowly but surely. Uh, because she's running at the same time, her magic is like a little bit slower. So like you just see like a little like flash of light here and like one arm is, is like Idvala's and then a little flash here in the face is more like Idvala's. And then, yeah, just slowly like these little flashes all across her body as she slowly becomes Idvala. Are you becoming blue Idvala or... White-haired Advala. I will become the the blue-skinned half-orc. The half-orc uh, version. Okay. Yep. Advala's, like, favorite form. Sounds good. Uh, so, like, we see it sort of, like, in the distance, these, like, little, like, light flashes come up, like, over the hedge of where, like, the welcoming party is, right? Then we cut back into, like, a darkened kind of alleyway area as, like, the final flash comes into play and we see a mop of golden curls sort of fall over uh, V's Advala-like face. And now, like, the two of you sort of, like, start turning toward where the fifth spouse's courtyard is. Right. V, when we get there, if we see anyone, I'm going to need a mire. I'm going to need something to hide behind. I'll let you talk, and if you need me, I'll be there. This is just like Sievert's office all over again. I love this. And Hopefully um, this time I don't get stabbed in the... Anyway. Yeah, watch your back. Uh, do, do we want to do what we did the last time we were in this courtyard where I make you look like a bush or something? I'm at work. All right, uh... And I assume we're like we're there and like all right, find a pose, be be a tree or something. So uh, V will cast that on Manaya and take the general pose that she has and just plantify it and make it look like this really dramatic bush, kind of hanging in the corner of the courtyard. Yeah, as I think like 
branches and leaves sprout out from like your body and you turn sort of into hedge work. Uh, why don't the two of you make a perception check for me here in the courtyard? 15. Okay. Using my inspiration. Okay. 22. 22. And a 15. Okay. I think what this means is, Manaya, you see it first. Basically, as soon as the seeming magic settles around the two of you and the weave sort of loosens again, Manaya, your like silvery gray eyes sort of scan the courtyard and you see something kind of out of place, sort of like glimmering against the ground. It's real subtle, but you see it, I think, thanks to like the magic you've been gifted by the Princess of Leaves has helped you like pick up on arcane phenomena more easily. What appears to be like the edge of a, I don't know, like a sigil? Like a magical sigil, like on the ground. Like a par- part of one. It's mostly hidden by shrubbery. And it's very close to where you are. Manaya makes, um, I think, a really quiet, like, click sound with her mouth, trying to mimic the sound of, like, a branch snapping or swaying in the wind. Uh, and then very subtly tries to, like, twitch her finger to try to point towards the sigil. V's gonna look in that direction and see which Manaya was kind of pointing at. Both of you can make an arcana check if you want on the sigil. 17. 12. Manaya, you're not really sure. It looks kind of familiar, just this part of it, Manaya, but you're not sure of where from. V, you place it. It is very similar to the kind of sigil that Cain had planted uh, in the champion's quarters, but the exact runes are different. It does trigger, though, and you assume the trigger will be stepping into the middle of it. You're not sure what the effect is, but based on what some of the runes look like, they look kind of uh, fiery and explosive. Whatever you do, stay away from the sigil, all right? Just stay away from it. You hear a, a branch snap in <laughs> acknowledgement. I love that. <laughs> Turn out you hear a branch snap in acknowledgement. And that's when the two of you hear voices coming from within um, the building, uh, like the, the back porch, right? You hear the fifth spouse's voice. Consort Mu Piao. Your parent just needs a little bit of alone time, okay? I just need to smell the gardens and I'll be right back and we can meet the horses. And Manaya and V, the two of you see and hear the back porch door sort of slide open and Consort Mu Piao steps out onto the back porch, right? This fire Ganassi person, they slide it closed. Okay. And they begin to, they start stepping down the steps. Stop, stop! And it's like V's running. Wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. Uh, oh my gosh. Uh, Consort. Oh my god. Uh, oh, look. Uh, and Mu Piao would recognize what me. In the name of Monk Shin. Look, look. We're sur- there is a surprise. It's gonna Are be you a keeping very- your Advala disguise on or is it melting off? No, this is still Advala. Um, what? Aren't you? But you. You. And she starts backing up. Do you recognize my voice? Do you recognize my voice? Hello? What is happening? What? Calm. Calm. Take breath. Take breath. All right, everyone. Fine. Look, I think this is not the place for you to have to. This is not the place to get away right now. You have really excellent timing, and that timing is terrible. I recommend you run away as far as huh? you can from this place. What are you talking? Are you 
Is that the elf? Grab your olives and run! <laughs> okay, roll intimidation, V. <laughs> Nat 20! <laughs> How? Let's go! Frozen, she turns, picks up a flower pot to reveal that it's hollow on the inside and there's a jar of olives hidden out on the back porch. She grabs the olives and without a word turns and runs back indoors. Oh, God. Oh, God. Scott, what was, what? The, oh, he's like hyperventilating. That, that was so scary. And V like walks. V is like exhausted after that. And slowly makes way back to Manaya. Like, Manaya, what was that? I don't know, but you done good. Uh, I think V like finds like maybe like a maybe just leans up against one of the walls of the courtyard and just like takes it, just like breathing. Like that was so scary and exhausting to her. She was had no idea what to do right there. I, wow. I, I, okay. Well, okay. It's a fine. Okay. Game face. Game face. Adam come. Adam come. Okay. Like V's like getting back in the character of like trying to play Vala. Okay. And do you get back into the bush and, and wait for the rest of the evening, presumably? Yeah, I think, yeah. V's keeping an eye on that sigil as well. And okay. um, I think otherwise we'll just like be prepped to hopefully run into someone. Okay. And I think the two of you just continue to sit there and wait. But you do hear the fifth spouse from indoors go, we have to go. Love, pack your things. We have to leave. Because that nat 20 intimidation really fucking worked. She thinks something has gone horribly awry with the plan and that they have to hightail it out of Dokao. Right? Like, that's what, that's what a nat 20 intimidation means. She's getting out of there for the rest of the arc. You're not going to see her. And now we're going to cut to Oka and Dewey. Oka and Dewey. The two of you arrive at the first wife's courtyard, where security is still quite tight around the walls. How are the two of you, uh, with Rev, trying to sneak in? Just through the front with Pass Without Trace? No, Oka will have remembered all the sneaky-deaky ways that they have used to navigate this entire palatial complex, which includes a very lovely shortcut uh, underneath what used to be a ground hole, groundhog hole uh, underneath like the back patch of garden. This is a very small hole, Oka. Not all of us are as tiny and unmuscular as you. That is decidedly not true. Dewey is smaller than I am. That's true, and even more unmuscular. Well, you could just, just fly over the wall then. You can also fly. We could all fly over the wall if we wanted to. Just come on. Fine. <sighs> she sort of like gets down and like shimmies through the dirt. This is the fastest way? Yes, unless you want to have... You, unless you want to play with Queen Ma's guards. All right, fine. Let's go. The three of you shimmy through Oka's various shortcuts and whatnot. I really like that touch, actually. Yeah. Uh, and eventually you pop up in like within the, the walls of Queen Ma's courtyard. And here the trees are beautiful. Like not a single like blade of grass is out of place. That's how Queen Ma likes her likes her like decorations, right? Like everything is like immaculately carved and trimmed and like old trees, like the bark is like peeled, you know, to like just get rid of moss and anything natural that might grow. Everything is manicured to perfection here. And like the three of you slink, like shadows muffling your footsteps, uh, raven feathers sort of dappling your silhouettes uh, through the, sha the growing shadows of this courtyard. And Oka, you lead Rev and Dewey toward like a back building 
I think like the most plain looking building that, you know, the, the front of it looks like maybe a guest house within the quarters, but you know, it's just a front and that like the dungeons or the prisons are like underground underneath it, right? Prince, uh, Queen Mua has her private prisons, private dungeons uh, in her courtyard where she keeps political prisoners and other kinds of prisoners, I think. Um, and you, as soon as you like pull up to this building, you know something is wrong because you don't see any guards outside of this building. And there are usually at least like two or three guards outside. You don't see any at all. Are there signs of a struggle? Nope. Fuck, why did we let them, why did we let Queen Maud take Ivala? Again, can somebody please explain to me again why we let this happen? Oh, uh, we didn't have a choice? I don't know, we really like that room. Of... It's because Dewey didn't have any faith in his hole, okay? Are we going in or what? Why does it always have to come back to me? Let's just, let's just go in. Okay, as the three of you sneak in, I just need Dewey and Oka make an investigation check. 17. 11. Dewey? Dewey, as you slink, like, up the stairs, you know, uh, up onto the porch of this building and, like, slide the unlocked door open, and you, like, go into, like, the the top area of this quote-unquote guest quarter, you don't see anything out of place. No blood, no signs of a struggle, nothing. It's, like... No one is in here at all, right? Which is kind of odd. Like, it's hollowed out, almost. Like, perfectly arranged tables and chairs, right? And, like, tea sets and, like, a beautiful tapestry with too long calligraphy, like, etched over the parchment. Oka, I think the way that they're coming into this is that they're listening for heartbeats. Like, they're trying to find heartbeats. And they also made Advala bleed, so the smell of their blood, too. They're, like, they're uh, bloodhounding it here. You don't sense any heartbeats on this level within you. But you do, I think with your 17 investigation, smell and sense blood. And as you proceed deeper into this guest quarter, you know that there's a secret like trap door that leads down into the prisons, like underneath uh, a rug, a morosan rug actually. In the same room where the trap door and the rug is, you see a, the guest bed and the smell of blood emanates from underneath the bed very strongly. Hold on. And Oka, ugh, they look under the bed. You see seven or eight guards, dead, throats cut, underneath the bed. Like, perfectly stacked. A work of assassination. Fuck. Don't look under there. Fuck. <clears throat> okay, I'm fine. Uh, and they throw open the trapdoor. Okay. I'm going to wreck on something, actually. I don't think it's uh, neck gore, but I think, actually, you see uh, holes punched through their chests. Right? Like with a stake or something. Throw open the rug. Find the trapdoor. It's not locked. You throw it open. The two of you descend into the bowels, right, of this dungeon. Deeper, deeper, deeper. Maybe, like, trying to, like, pick up the pace a little bit. Uh, your boots, like, silently hit the bottom level. Uh, it's maybe like 10 feet deep, maybe 10, 15 feet deep as you hit the bottom of this corridor and you look around and you see like lanterns, like lit swinging ominously, sort of like lighting this like dark dungeon passageway that sort of like just like shines all the way down. And you know that there's like a single cell at the end of this hall that's locked with iron bars. I mean, Oka's running toward it at this point. They're not, they're not wasting any time or energy. Okay, Oka, you book it forward, and you see almost immediately commotion 
at like the the very end uh, of this of this corridor. Whatever happened to the guards seemed to have been very recent. Uh, and maybe you like draw to like a halt at at the prison wall, the jail cell wall. Uh, the door of the jail cell has been busted open. And inside the jail cell are three people swathed in fog, okay? There's some sort of like dark fog emanating uh, from their bodies because one of them uh, has held up a hammer and a chisel into midair and has, bing, you hear like a, I think you hear as you're running down the hall, like a clear, almost like bell-like sound ring as they smash the blunt end of the hammer against the, the flat end of the chisel into midair and they crack open reality, right? Uh, and you see like a bolt of red sort of crack and the fog is pouring through the bolt, right? That's the Paragon Killer. They've got their cowl up, the bronze mask is on, and they've sort of dented dented a hole in reality. And sort of swathed in fog next to them is Idvala, who, as you start pulling up, like as this like black mist is sort of pouring through like the bars of this prison, uh, Idvala turns and sees your form approaching, uh, and you hear them say, hurry up, hurry up, they're almost here. You said you're going to, that if I showed you the interrogation, you're gonna let me out. Scott free, weren't you? And Dewey and Oka and Reb, the three of you hear the Paragon Killer say through their mask that same sort of distorted flat voice. Yes, but it appears we have company. Fast, quick now. And they they make another crack, sort of in 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 reality in the weave. And the third person whose body is completely swathed in fog, you like can't make out their you know, species, how tall they are, you know, their voice, anything. But you can sort of just see a figure like next to the Paragon Killer. You see like what appears to be arms like pull toward the rift and just rip it open. Uh, And you see like the silent grove in the rift beyond. They've ripped open a portal to a completely different part of Too Long. And that's Oka, that's Oka, that's when you arrive, like, like you're almost there at like, at like the bars, right? And that's when Idvala turns and sort of salutes you and says, see you later. And they sort of like fall backward out into the, into the silent grove, right? And the Paragon Killer and their handler turn covered and obscured in mist to face the three of you. And you see the Paragon Killer sort of like start to move toward you, like almost like in, like about to like fight you, like they're ready, like they're gonna, they're gonna go for it. But then you see the handler shrouded in this shadowy mist, put a hand on their shoulder and shake their head once. And then pull the Paragon Killer and themselves, they tip back into the silent grove and vanish out of sight. And I think right as they vanish into sight is when Oka like slams their entire body into the bar, like their hands like reaching out. Ah, ah, wait, hold on, hold on. I wanna throw something at those bitches. Uh, I wanna throw blood at them. Their tattoo just like, just like spits out of their body, I think. I don't know if they've ever, I would like to try that. I would like to try to throw some part of my, like my blood, like the blade made of my own blood at them. Never done it before, but I'd like to try. Through the hole, so I can fuck them up. Okay, uh, uh, make make a ranged attack roll, I guess with dex. Treat it like a thrown weapon. I rolled a two. That's okay, that's okay. I will tell you how that uh, resolves later in the episode. But yeah, what does it look like as you throw like a blade of your blood through the portal? 
Yeah, it, like the tattoo just kind of like how they like spiked out uh, when they did the toad frog thing. Uh, like their arm like reaches through the bar, like, but they're so far away, but they kind of just like, uh, like they're like shooting a piece of bone out and through. Yeah, and it shoots out of your arm. This blood just slices through the air and right before the portal like seals back up again, like someone pressing rewind on like a, a vase cracking and just like the crack just like never happened in the first place. The blood is the last thing that goes through before it completely seals up and the mist sort of washes over you like a tidal wave, like disappears down the hallway. And like, I think it also like, that's when like Rev also drops the pass without trace. And we see the three of you left in its wake, like your like hair, like ruffling, like your armor sort of also rustling around you. Eyes wide, chest seething. Fuck. What was that? That was the Paragon Killer. That's the shit they do. That was them? With the mask. And I imagine that was Adam. Anyone get a clear view of Adam? I didn't. He was shrouded in, ugh. Rift magic. I have it too. I can open up portals with Grimm. Portals to places I've been before. Places I have a magical tether to. I could, I think I could whip us to Blackspire anytime we wanted right now. It's just the dream shield. I don't, how are they able to get inside the palace? I thought, well, they are the Paragon Killer. I thought that, I thought they wouldn't have been able to, it's fine. They want the spy to escape, fine. They have their spy. And Rev like turns around and like slams her boot against like one of the jail cell bars and like dents it. We were so close. We were so close to getting them. They, that was the Silent Grove, right? Why don't we just go to the Grove now? We know where they've run off to. We can catch them, right? Your blood magic can track them, right? And for the first time in their small, young life, Oka expresses patience, I think. No, we let destiny come to us. They'll be back and they will not fucking be ready. Oka, are you sure? It's your mother father's life on the line here. <laughs> Don't you think I know that? Rev? Don't fucking talk to me about what's on the line. I know exactly what's on the line. Look, we all have a stake in this, Oka. I'm on your side. Don't lash out at me just because... Because what? Just because I'm suggesting a plan of action, okay? Fine. We'll stay here. We'll wait out the week. We'll prepare. <sighs> Fuck. <sighs> it's a tenant of Mengshen Shirdi. Patience. What? Trying to be the perfect little Mengshen Shirdi worshipper now? Trying to be the cute little prince I never was. <sighs> Shit, we were so close. Alright, we should probably get back. If this means anything, they... Mm. so bad at dream interpretation. The blackbird. It's still the blackbird. Are they still coming back for Mupiel? If anything, I imagine they left a fucking trap or something. Shit. Manaya, V, we should go back. And I think now's the time when we cut back to Manaya and V. 
still stood there in place uh, as shrub statues, right? And I imagine you're just being very patient and you're just waiting, I think. Uh, unless the two of you are doing something while you're also waiting. I think after like hours have gone by, I think V's gotten a little bored with herself and she's probably practicing handstand balancing. <laughs> probably just like, yeah, just she goes up, she holds it, she does like a few splits in the air, you know, practices lungs spreading wide, going back and then, you know, Brings down her legs, stands up. <sighs> I need you to make an acrobatics check to not trigger the trap while you're doing this. <laughs> I rolled in that one. Oh, uh, I do have inspiration. Um, you know what? Let's go. Let, I'm taking the net one. <laughs> is this when the three of us arrive? It's just yes. like. Yes. Yes. It is. I think. I think what happens is, V. Why don't you tell me what it looks like as you like as you accidentally stumble into the sigil and activate it? I think a little bit of time in, Manaya whispers, and she's like, "There are things we need to talk about. Can you do the the mind thing? I'm trying to reference message." Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and V casts like message. I think as you cast message, that's when you trip up, because let's resolve the nat one first. Uh, so, V, as maybe you're sort of taken out of it by, like, Manaya whispering to you, what does it look like as you trigger it? V is thinking about that, like, oh, yeah, yeah, just give me a moment. And as she's going down for another handstand, and she casts it, and she just, like, loses focus on the balance for a second. And it's like, oh, crap! And, like, and she just slowly, like, it's like watching the Leaning Tower of Pisa as if it was finally falling. Oh! <laughs> Take the olives! Boom! And lands on the sigil. Uh, everything explodes. From your perspective, V, the world blows up. Uh, dirt and fire and just force ricochet outward. And Manaya, just give me like a deck save to like not get caught in the debris as a shrub. Deck save? That's gonna be a 14. Okay, you'll take half damage. Uh, as everything is kicked up, a massive, I think Oka, Rev, and Dewey see like a mushroom cloud sort of like up from like the courtyard, maybe as you're shouting Oka. And like you all feel like the, the air like pulsate with like the force of like an explosion, like the ground shake and rock, right? And like crack open underneath your feet. And V, as you're blown sky high, you fly through the air like your body singed, like ragdolling, you bam, you like slam into like a tree and crack the bark. You are going to take 54 points of <laughs> 54 points of fire damage and another 12 points of force damage. So let's have that. 54 of fire halved is 27, and 12 halved to 6. So the total for you, Manaya, would be 33. And sort of in the in the aftermath of like this massive like cloud coming up and like fire and just rock like spraying everywhere, like a volcanic eruption, you all sort of see like a glowing eye. Like like a red eye sort of like float up and like form out of the debris. And sort of like closing over the eye is sort of like the image of like a, of a wing. And then the eye closes and vanishes with the rest of the debris. Does V lose like, I don't know if um, Disguise Self is a concentration spell, but does she turn like back into V as she's Everything, Manaya is yeah. now Manaya, V <laughs> yep. is V. Everything is gone. Great. V's beautiful dress is singed. Do a, don't worry, I have mending. <laughs> um, 
I suppose he wouldn't grant me the flavor of just being able to cast Investiture of Flames at the Kodai right before that happened. Uh, <laughs> no, damn. not quite, not quite. Maybe, maybe next time. Maybe next time, V. Yep. Yep. That'd be funny if that's how I get that spell was from that little experience. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Actually, yeah, like the fire like absorbs into your skin and like into your soul. Yes. That's that's what we're doing. Yep. I now can cast Investiture of Flame. <laughs> Perfect. It's been there forever, but that's how I get it. And V is just um, super messed up and just falls to the ground and barely moving. Manila immediately runs forward and her eyes glow and her mouth opens to see maybe a glowing tattoo of a maple leaf on her tongue as she says with a laced in magic, Winter. And what she's wearing now is an armband, but what used to hold her hair up uh, just like a day before, her crown of leaves uh, flares up, the leaves glow and um, in, in browns and oranges and almost shrivel as if winter is here. Uh, and I'm going to activate the crown of leaves. What does that do? What happens? I can say one of four command words, uh, the four seasons. Um, and the winter one specifically says that all of the area within 10 feet of me, uh, snow starts falling and it, and it gets really cold and my attacks deal extra cold damage. I'm trying to put the fire, the inevitable fires out, if at all possible, so that Manaya doesn't have to focus on that and can rush to V's aid. Okay, yeah, like frost starts to rhyme on like trees and bushes and like the entire back area, I think, of Mu Piao's house has been blasted in. Like glass has been shattered into the living room. Like furniture has been cracked open. You hear servants screaming, you know, like people are shouting and screaming because this was a massive explosion that happened like in the middle of the day. Uh, but like... Like frost starts rhyming, like snow starts swirling out from you, like as the nexus point, and like this like chill wind begins like like putting the fires out almost as quickly as they've sprung up, and you rush to V's side. I'm also hoping that the the cold helps to to slow if there's not like any wounds or you know something like that. Uh yeah, so like V, I think you. You're sort of like maybe teetering on the brink of consciousness, uh, like slumped up against this like cracked bark of the tree. And you feel sort of like this like cooling breeze, like washed down like your skin as you see like a massive shadow fall over you as Manaya approaches. Yeah, and she just falls to her knees and almost like skids up to V uh, and just start, starts shouting, V, V, are you all right? I can hear you. I probably shouldn't have done that. And V coughs up a little bit. Oh, this is all my fault. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, uh, what did you want to tell me? I, and, and Manaya starts crying just a little. She says, I just wanted to make that conversation. We were so bored. Nothing was happening. No one was coming. So, but surprise, something happened. And I think that's when Oka, Dewey, and Rev arrive on the scene. I think at the at the explosion, Oka's wings were out, and they fly the rest of the way. And it's cool. The three people that can fly all fly. I don't know if Rev can fly, but she can teleport. Anyway, uh, and 
kind of like, remember how we were up on the roof in Mupiao's garden, like with Invala? I think Oka comes up that side again, you know? What? What? The views are soft, cold fucking tits! What is going on? I'm... There was a trap. I distracted her and, and she set it off. It's my fault. I'm so sorry. Dewey can... Dewey's already at their side and he's like, it's, it's okay. If the trap was set up by the same person that we saw, there's no way you could have avoided it. V, literally tempting fate by dancing and careening and back springing <laughs> next to the trap. I was practicing my acrobatics, okay? Uh, v just coughs and, hey, Mupiao. She, she wasn't here. She, she, I screamed, take the olives and run and, run, and she ran. And I like wipes the tears from her eyes and she, and she says, it was kind of, kind of funny. She scared Mupiao and 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 Muren to to run. They're, they're safe. They're far away from here. Funny, funny. V half of your body is charred, and, uh, and like Rev like falls to her knees next to Dewey and is sort of like looking you up and down. And maybe like the two of you start like patching V up, like very hurriedly. Yeah, there was no way I was avoiding this. It was, uh, it was so bad. It was so bad. What kind of a trap? Like, what? The ground here is all exploded. And I think you all see sort of like, maybe like like a gazer is like, sh- like from groundwater is like shooting up and there's like a massive crater where bushes used to be. A, like a, a little, what? Like, <laughs> see, you want a gazer. A what? A, ga- a, what? a geyser. A geyser. A geyser is shooting up, like spitting up water. <laughs> anyway. We... I'm glad you're alive, V. Uh, Dewey, get her left side. I'll get her right. The Paragon Killer. They were in the prison. They busted Idvala out. Along They're not the in the prison anymore. And Adam. We didn't get a good look at his face, but it has to be him, the handler. What do you mean you didn't get a good look at his face? There was a ton of black mist everywhere. Hey, shh, V, you're going to be okay. Okay? I mean, he did take a fireball to the face once and kept gone going like nothing happens so that's probably to be expected you could do something like that magic users let's get you patched up and then we'll fill each other in v looks to rev will you carry me of course and like rev sort of like lifts you up under the crook of your knee and like up like under your elbows and like bridal style carries you up like in a single motion stands up with you so the entirety of Andake's world leaders were like, I don't know, 200 feet away. Uh, so I think Oka, yeah. Oka, go, Oka, I'll try to take care of it. Uh, and they go toward like the, the entrance of the courtyard to facilitate whatever they need to facilitate. You be like a dozen or two dozen royal guards are there. Like you exit under like the domed archway, right, of of Mupiao's garden. And there's just like, it, like guards in plate armor and chain armor, like royal guards of the fifth spouse, as well as just of the slumbering palace in general. Uh, like captains like stride up, they're like running to attention and you're there, like maybe with your like hands up, like ready to explain. Is there anyone like I know, like, I don't know, the emperor or... 
the very self-same captain who captured you the first time you entered the palace is leading the squadron of guards and is like has like her blade like halfway drawn and then she sees you and like oh, of course it's you uh, she like sheaths her sword and like runs up to you what happened here what's going on as her soldiers start to like pour into the courtyard to assess the situation uh, we were um, we were attacked Mupiao laid a trap in her garden what uh, traitor what what the uh, what i intercepted a invitation for halo to join mupiao for a private cup of tea in her garden and this is what we found so if i may explain myself here mupiao is running they're gone they are a traitor uh and the, and I'm not going to tell these people, oh, yeah, the assassination plot that we're trying to foil just went off here. So that this is Oka's roundabout way of trying to explain this, that Mupiao is a traitor and uh, that they're gone and that this is an explosion that happened because of traitor business, not necessarily, but still not telling the truth. OK, just give me a general persuasion check. All right. That deception. Uh, I'll let you, I'll let you choose, Oka. It's a 23 either way. Wow. Okay, yeah. Uh, a, a traitor. Uh, you, you, oh, this place, this garden, this magic. How could it have... Tell me everything you know. The emperor will understand. Uh, yes, I just need to take I just need to take down your account of, of what happened here. Uh, she like pulls out a scroll and like a quill and like starts like writing down maybe like your account of things, right? And perhaps we could sort of like fast forward through like all the guards coming in. They're like looking at the damage that's been caused and like there's really no way to fix it, just with I think muscle. So like they they're sort of like scratching their heads and eventually they bring like um like magic users in to start like lifting, like using magic to like lift the boulders back in place. Like you see like a, an old druid with like the last bits of their magic, like raises like a staff uh, and like the trees start like wringing themselves back to life. And like the soil starts like going back to where it used to be, etc. And there's like remnants of the sigil as well. And they're like squatting down and looking at the sigil and basically like the Royal Guard are taking over and like investigating what's happening here and starting to sort of like, calming the like kind of hysterical servants, I think, who are like babbling and like traumatized and terrified. And I think like the four of you are able to sort of explain your part in this. Oko with your 23, you're able to like remove all suspicion from your party and just sort of be like, we were bystanders here, we were trying to help, right? And like, I think it's like late evening turning to night, you know, by the time like the hubbub starts to die down and the five of you are able to extricate yourselves from the investigation. So that we don't have to roleplay it all out, can we say that we've the two parties have explained what happened to each other? Yes, I assume that you share all the information that you gathered on your own, uh, on your own quests. Cool. I assume V will take a couple of days to recuperate from being blown up. Four hours rest, bam, done. That's part of why I hate D&D. That makes no sense. <laughs> that you just sort of sleep it off. <laughs> the fact that you got blown to smithereens. Uh, yeah, okay. So what, I mean, what, what, what do the four of you do? We should tell Queen Moa. We should tell the Emperor. We should tell the world leaders. They need to know about the stranger and the Paragon killer and... Prophecy is complicated. If certain things don't happen, prophecy falls apart. We need the wedding to continue. Ish. We need everyone to play their part up until the moment where we say fuck it so that we can say fuck it. 
So we call a council after the wedding. We get Dr. Lusso on the scrying bowl. We get the world leaders. We, we tell them everything. We can tell them everything. The people who know should know. Queen Mo's gonna find the bodies of her guards. Either way, she'll find out that Edvaldo's gone. She can know. She will know. The Emperor, she probably already does. And I think like a worry, a kind of worried expression comes over Oka's face for a minute when they think of the Prince of Knives, who is not there, but is under Queen Moa's jurisdiction, so to speak. Uh, they kind of just worry their brow and keep thinking. I have an idea, but everything, the wedding, everything has to happen the way it's supposed to happen. Or else, I don't know, or else it's all fucked. Let them have this. Let them think they're ahead. Just for a minute. Get as many of the world leaders on our side as we can. Tell them everything after. That reminds me, Dewey, we have that meeting with Kahan. Didn't any of you get the chance to talk to anyone? Just Kane and Halo. Well, I guess we have a few more to talk to then. We can't let them know what's up yet, but we should talk. We should at least start talking to as many people as we can now. That's right. Let's use this week to rally. And when the ceremony's underway, Oka, I know you've got a plan. We're trusting you here. I know you can do it. If I need help, you'll hear a really big boom. Could we not talk about big booms, please? Just for a few days? Yeah, you got it. All right, then. Let's have some dinner, sleep it off. Hit, hit those dignitaries hard and fast this coming week. They won't know what's... What? Is that not the right phrase, Hoka? Uh, we just said that we're getting them on our side. We are not fighting them, Rev. I meant that in, like, a friendly way. Hit them hard and fast with dignitary stuff. Ugh, Leaf was always better at this stuff than me. Well, good thing you have V on your side now. Hoka, I was just gonna say, that was really smart thinking what you did back there. Long time, many months ago, it feels like years now, you asked me to help you lie. That was a good one. You know, something about being back here takes me back to when I was a kid, and I had all manner of excuses for why I was fucking around. You have no idea. I'm 110, and I still have all the excuses for fucking around. Come on, let's get you to bed, Grandma. Can I have one of those nice baths first? I hear it's all the rage. Yes, darling, I'll run it for you. But tomorrow, we should talk about, just like we did with the with the consorts, we need to split up, find out who we're talking to, and see if we can get to them before the ceremony. We've got seven days. Let's do this. And on that, I think like we like slow fade down on like Oka and V hobbling over uh, to to the bath in the guest quarters, and the rest of you getting ready for dinner and for sleeping so you can tackle the rest of this week with bright eyes and fresh minds. So let's go down the line and see which one of you wants to talk to which dignitary about what. So who's got something? Dewey Manaya need to talk to the Kagan. Manaya wants to talk to a queen or princess Kekoa. Let's do the talk with the Kagan first because she did say to meet her quite early to just touch point on what, you know, that means. She has, okay, so the Kagan has basically told you everything you have to know. Um, and if you want to, like, about 
what she wants Dewey to do and how Dewey can prove himself to her so that she'll like sort of hop off his ass. Um, if there's anything else you wanted to talk to her about, though, now would be the time. So is there anything in particular the two of you wanted to ask her about or discuss with her? Are we revealing the details of the assassination? No, I think your group just decided that you weren't going to in that previous conversation. If you don't have anything. I mean, like to talk about what the Alliance of the Eight means, you know, or like anything like that. Like try to get to know her more so she doesn't freaking hate you, Dewey. Like anything like that. Up to y'all. I would like to know more of what this Council of Eight um, is trying to do. Uh, sort of parallel to our mission. I wanted to also introduce her to Dr. Luso by maybe bringing the Scrying Bowl and potentially Oka for them to activate it. Other Or if Dewey or I could act. I've never done it. Yeah, I mean, I could I could be there to activate it. Oh. Okay, sounds good. Uh, then you drag Oka along to be your... I guess your secretary. <laughs> like, what's it called? Like, when you would, like, call in? Doesn't matter. Uh, so... Manaya, Dewey, and Oka, the three of you, we cut to you at Toktoa Kagan's guest quarters. She has like a very special courtyard set up just for her and the other Kyrian riders. And you are sort of like, the three of you are ushered in like side by side next to like some like real like muscular, gruff looking like Kyrian soldiers into like this like public, like out, not public, but this outdoor sort of like bath. Uh, that Toktoa Kagan is meeting the three of you at. And you all sort of see through like a haze of like mist, sort of like an outdoor like stone, like like bath area. A bunch of like giggling like girls, you know, like giggling nobles sort of like running around, you know, and like like sort of like bathing, like, almost like beautiful water nymphs, like in the water, right? And all of you sort of see Toktoa Kagan's like broad muscular back uh, as she sort of like leaned up against one side of the pool uh, and is sort of like talking to a pretty girl like on one arm and is like drinking like a, a cold chilled too long in wine uh, with the other hand uh, and like one of her soldiers like announces the three of your arrival she sort of like nods to the girl who's like swims off she puts the drink down sort of looks over like one scarred like shoulder right and says ah there are three of you now. You. You'd introduce yourself first. I respect that. And she's addressing you, Oka. When none of the other paragons spoke, you were the one who spoke as though you were their representative. Let me guess. Vinash. Yudabathi. If only it were that easy. Cute guessing game, though. <sighs> Here to talk more, I assume? We'd like to introduce you to someone. Our representative, our actual representative, Dr. Hitsagatin Aluso. Ah, uh, yes. You'd mentioned this doctor. Where are they? And Oka kind of holds up the brass, you know, the bronze bowl, wiggles it. That's a funny little bowl. With all due respect, Kahan, we requested a little more privacy than this. It's a bath. What's more private than a bath? Manaya glances over at all of the pretty ladies in the bath. <laughs> and also the guards that brought us in. <sighs> she snaps her fingers a few times, and the guards that brought you in just turn and leave. And like all the women pick themselves up and also exit. Until like all of you are alone. Uh, and as that's happening, is Selim in here? Just wondering. Uh <laughs> no, I think Selim was one of the people guarding outside and like, uh, 
maybe you saw her doing patrols, but she, you didn't get to like stop to talk to her. But she's around, but she's not in the bath area. Okay, that's fine. It's just a funny place to run into someone you know. Um, Oka uh, is preparing this crying bowl at the same time uh, as all the people are leaving. Uh, and I think just because they're trying to be a f- like a kind of fancy bitch about it, you know, there's like lots of mist around. Uh, I think Oka is gonna like try to manipulate the the mist and like commingle like with the blood, you know, in the bowl. Like they had been like like putting it up and kind of making it icy. And I think they like do that to the mist for a moment too, uh, as they as they uh, work their magic on the scrying bowl. So I'll lose some damage. Yeah, you sort of like ring this like crimson mist together with all the steam rising from the surface of the water next to Toktoa Kagan. And Dr. Aluso's face, I think, sort of like shimmers into existence um, like like a hologram. And they are clearly seated at their desk, right? And they're like looking like up into you. I think they're facing your direction. They don't have like a 3D view, right? Like wherever the bull's suspended is the direction they're facing in. And they look at the three of you, Okamanaya and Dewey, and they are like in the middle of writing in a journal. They look up, like their blue eyes blinking. They like move some like golden hair out of their face. Ah, okay. Manaya, Dewey, it's been a while. Hi. Hey, Doc, just thought I'd check in. We're here in the bathhouse with Toktoa Kagan. Imagine that. We'd uh, like to make an introduction for your... uh, uh, acceptance into the Alliance of the Eight? Ah, the Alliance of the Eight. Yes, I'd heard about this. Uh, where is the Kagan? Incredible that you've gotten to talk to her. Where are you, by the way? Seems quite steamy. The bath, uh, again. Sorry, I keep doing this. Uh, at that, Toktoa Kagan gets out of the water, right? And like the water just sort of like slides off her body and she like very casually steps out of you know out of the rock pool and steps up like in front of uh the hologram so she's also in frame and all of you see like dr luso blink very fast oh um and like sort of like look look up at talk to kagan uh hello kagan it's uh hello so you're dr luso huh I've heard a lot about you from these three over here, these paragons. Oh, my. So you're aware of... Yes, uh, my name is Itzagizen, Dr. Luso. My colleagues and friends call me. Um, what? Okay, what is... Why am I... Regardless, I'm honored and pleased to meet you. I hear that the Alliance of the Eight has kicked off without a hitch. Um... My actual, actually, my first party recently returned from Morose and was able to tell me a little bit about what Elder Pohaku uh, has been up to. So, I'm I'm very pleased to learn that the alliance is, is picking up steam. So you've heard of us. Good. That makes this part easy. Apparently, the paragons here seem to take you as some sort of a leader or facilitator. They want you to join the alliance as a representative of the paragons. Is that right? And Toktoa turns to face the three of you. Oka nods and kind of also gives Dr. Aluso like an encouraging nod. Uh, uh, yes, I would be honored. I would be more than honored to take that role. Uh, so what are you the paragon of? Oh, I'm not actually, um, let me guess. And there's like a pause and the Kagan's like brow furrows. You're an odd one. 
I don't know if I can figure you out quite yet. Oh, that, that's, that's because I'm not actually a paragon of anything, really. Uh, I'm, I'm just here to help. That's all. And I do research. I know things about things. Um, Dr. Aluso predicted the cataclysm, and it was the world leaders who did not listen to them at that time. You would do well to listen to them now. Oh, yes. Uh, before the cataclysm, I had tried to reach out to the various Agons of the various clans, but I suppose my missives might have gotten lost in the shuffle. Hmm. Very well. It is a pleasure to meet you, Dr. Aluso. Uh, uh, you, you as well, Kagon. Uh, anything else? Doctor, we might be contacting you a few more times in the coming days to introduce you to the various world leaders. We're in Tsulung right now. There's a, a wedding. And, a, a, and some dignitaries are here from the Eight Nations. Oh, that Many makes a lot of sense. Many world leaders are here. Yes, of course. Yes, I would love to. Uh, talk to Wakagan. I would be honored to be privy to these meetings to, to I guess, call in uh, and talk to everyone else about, I guess... The future of Endake, the Alliance's goals, uh, action plan, uh, va shared values, community agreements. Uh, right, yes, of course, you seem quite eager. <laughs> I like that. All right, we'll be in contact. As for the three of you, and Taktoa Kagan turns, you know, her back on Dr. Luso, and all of you sort of see Dr. Luso like, oh, uh, maybe like look off to the side as like Taktoa turns. <sighs> Anything else you wanted to talk to me about? Or are you here to join me in my bath? When I looks at Dewey. Dewey looks at Oka. Oka looks tempted by the offer of the bath. That will be all, Kakan. We look forward to seeing you once we are finished here in the kingdom. Very well. I look forward to seeing you. And she turns to you specifically, Dewey. And she sort of like towers a little bit over you. Even though she's not very tall, she's still taller than you, right? And I think some water like drips onto your feathers. And you're tall when all this is said and done. The gauntlet has been thrown down, Paragon. The only question is, are you brave enough to pick it up? Destiny calls, and she doesn't always wait. A pleasure to meet you. And you, Doctor. She turns from you, Oka, and back to Hitagatin, who like has like sort of like looking off to the side, looks back, back at Taktoa. Ah, uh, uh, yes, a, a pleasure to meet you as well. Hmm. And Taktoa walks through Doctor Aluso, right, like through the mist. Uh, Doctor Aluso goes, "Oh my, that was odd." Uh, and Taktoa like sort of like slides back into the water. Because we're walking away, Manaya whispers to Dewey. She says, "Well, she wanted to meet with us and had not much to say to us, eh?" Yeah, I get the feeling she's just sort of trying to suss us out. Playing that guessing game, what? huh? Mm hmm Thanks for coming, Oko. Yeah, yeah, your blood bag at your service. You can stay and bathe if you want. Oh, don't tempt me, Dewey. I already walked away. I already walked away. I can't go back now. Can't go back now. Maybe later. Okay. And I think on that... Uh, we cut to a different day of the week uh, as the mists of Taktoa's bath sort of swipe away, swipe us away out of the scene. Let's go to V. V, who do we find you trying to parlay with? I think V's going to go for the Elder of Morose himself. Okay. V's in full Paragon regalia now that like it's like, yep, 
these are Paragon. Paragons are here. She's gonna go ahead and just be full Paragon mode. She's still like nursing some. She got like scra scrapes and bruises, and they're almost like a little bit glowy purple and green, as if like Scott and Nectus themselves have like absorbed some of this, and like they're trying to like fix V up a little bit. I like that, yeah. Uh, I think you're, you've completely adopted full Paragon garb, hair out, scales out, you know, like the green, the gem in the center of your leather armor. And you find Elder Rao Pohaku with the rest of the Morozans, who you assume they've turned down the fancier digs because the guest quarters they're in are quite humble, right? Uh, they like they're like they they share a door a wall with like nearby servants quarters right and you see like sort of out in this like open air courtyard uh elder pohaku and the rest of the morozi uh dignitaries i think sat around like a like an open fire that they're sort of like roasting traditional morozi meats over and they're sort of like huddled over and they're talking to each other in Morosi. They seem to be swapping stories and like laughing, right? And like you hear this like bleeding, like warm laugh from Elder Pohaku sort of ring out across this now sort of like uh, wintry garden. Snow hasn't fallen yet, uh, but like petals have completely wilted from branches um, and twigs have fallen onto the ground and are cracking underfoot. And you're sort of let in uh, by royal two long guards uh, into this courtyard. And as you approach, Elder Pohaku looks up. Ah, hello there. Please come and join us. Oh, I would love to. Oh, that meat smells so good, Elder Pohaku. Ah, it's elk. Would you like some? Elk? How interesting. Yeah, when, when in Morosi's chambers, courtyard, you do like the Morosi do. Sure, I, will. I would love to taste this elk. Well, it's actually a too long in elk. Because uh, well, we are know, here. We are, yes. I, I hear <laughs> there's like this part of me that's like running like, Oka, elk, Oka, elk. I hear the elk <laughs> is delicious in this part of Endake. Yes, yes, quite delicious. Please, please come have a seat. You are the paragon of Scotanectus, are you not? Risk and reward. Mm. Uh, you, but you can call me V. My name's V Nakshurzo. I'm the white-haired elf that everybody seems to be talking about. The stories passed down do seem to have some credence. The mismatched colors of your eyes. The paragons of yore had those as well. Oh, you're familiar with the paragons. We here in Morosi, especially us elders, are familiar with stories of every shape and stripe. That's, that's, that's comforting. Not everywhere I go, many people are like Paragon's child's tales, but it's refreshing to meet someone who I don't have to fill in on the details about Paragon's. <laughs> well, how may I help you? Or shall I guess at your intention here today? Ooh, I do love a good guessing game. But no, no, we don't have time for games. We Do we? Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, what? I was here to... You know, uh, I hear you're making this wonderful party called the, you know, this alliance. It seems like a really fun club to be part of. And, you know, as one of the paragons, I thought maybe we should talk to each other. Uh, the alliance of the eight. Yes. I know that the Kagan has quite a forceful way of talking and seeing the world. But I believe the alliance is in all of our best interests. 
a way for us to know what the Paragons are doing so we can help you and you can help us. We're all working toward the same goal, after all, which is to bring Indake back to what she used to be. Before the Cataclysm, you see. Oh, I, won. I agree with you 100%. I... Trust me, I believe. I wish we could go back to, you know, Andake a year ago and just skip whatever happened on Adolin. Do you not? Wouldn't that have been nice if we could just skip all that? Uh, uh, that would have been nice indeed. Sometimes I wonder, what is this dark force that has taken a hold of Andake? Caused these terrible things to happen to us without rhyme or reason? You don't happen to know, do you, Paragon of Skad and Nectus? Well, you know, you hear stories, you encounter people that are think that for some reason they can somehow turn this to their advantage. You know, there's strange creatures, there's people who think they can control strange creatures. I've I've come across it all, let me tell you. It's it's a wild, wild world in Endake nowadays. I'm sure you've encountered it yourself in Morose. I have, I have. All of this darkness, all of this odd monstrosity. <laughs> Have you ever heard of the Stranger War, my dear? You know, just just a little bit. Uh, but, you know, I, I I appreciate a good yarn. If uh, I'd love to hear what you know about it, what you're thinking. Maybe you know some things I haven't heard yet. You seem like an excellent storyteller. Oh, if you want someone to spin you a good yarn, a Morosi is the right person to ask. The Stranger War is a tale a story of something that the paragons of yore were embroiled in after the Gambit of Queens, during the Great Rebuilding. After the war, there was another call to action, or so the tale goes. A stranger, a monster, an entity, a creature from a, another realm visited Endake. No one knows why, no one knows how. No one really knows what they were after, really. Only that their appearance brought disaster across the realm. And the eight paragons picked up their weapons that they'd sworn to put away after the final battle of the Gambit of Queens was joined. And they fought again after this paragon. But I think part of the reason why this tale is not as popular as the Gambit of Queens is because there is no unilaterally happy ending. The stranger simply, one day, after a long, arduous battle, left. It was no crying victory. There were no clamor of triumphant bells. The Paragons, perhaps they were the ones who fought the Stranger off. Or perhaps the Stranger had simply had its fill of whatever it was trying to do here. And then vanished. That's all. An odd little footnote in the mythic history of Endake. Though there are rumors of a tapestry in the breakaway in northern Morose that weave a deeper tale of the Stranger War. I've not seen it myself. Interesting, but you say it. Do you know how to get there? <laughs> well, you walk, I assume. <laughs> oh, that's yes. I suppose you would have to walk. 
Did you ever hear what happened to the Paragons after the, per after the stranger left? They continue the great rebuilding. They established our eight great nations as we know them today. And their legacies were passed on by those after them. And there have not been Paragons since. Until now. Wow. You do know how to tell a good story, Elder. Let me tell you, that was... Ah, oh, I have many grandchildren. I've had practice. I love this. I love the elder. Um, tell me, uh, friend, speaking of ways in which paragons can help leaders, leaders can help paragons, what is going on, Morosi, these days? What has befallen your great, your great nation? You haven't heard. I've been a little busy. I've had to deal with things in the court, in Talamad, in... The championship, it's, it's, I've, I've been very booked. Well, I suppose that makes sense. Uh, we were dealing with, up until a number of weeks ago, the unspooling. Nothing that was woven agreed to stay woven. Our tapestries were falling apart. This was all after the cataclysm and the great cracks of Zima Lake, of course. And then, beasts. <gasps> It was wonderful, but also bizarre and terrifying. Beasts from a bygone age began emerging from the permafrost that was cracking open, terrorizing what remained of our communes. Now I know that the reason for the great unspooling was because of the god shard of Mitabusa. But that all stopped a couple of weeks ago. I like to think, perhaps, her paragon was able to retrieve her echo. But if they did, they didn't stop to say hello to us. I suppose they were perhaps in a hurry. Interesting. That's both a relief and also a little concerning. Just, you know, yes, it would be yes. nice to know who, who she may be or they may be. We were hoping you would know. Uh, the Council of Elders, the rest of them, uh, we're currently dealing with the fallout of the remnants of the unspooling, putting tapestries back together, uh, rehabilitating the beasts, finding new places for them to rest and, I suppose, start breeding? Uh, I don't know. It's been, it's been a long time since any of us have seen any animals like that before, ever. It's almost like a second chance. Even in disaster, in the wake of the cataclysm, so much beautiful new growth can be found. Woolly mammoths, saber-toothed tigers, even dinosaurs are back. How utterly fascinating. Oh. Well, it sounds, you know, once I hope to get to Morosi very, very soon and hopefully get to know your... see these wonderful strange creatures you're describing. Of course, of course, but they must be left to their own devices. We... we shouldn't try to control them. Or hunt them. Oh, definitely. I mean, I'm, my main concern is just, like I've said before, there are groups out there who are trying to control the things that are happening in the docking. We should... we should let things be what they are if, if they're not harming anybody. I agree with you. Let nature run its course. The Cataclysm, of course, is not natural. So that we must fight and struggle against. But it's truly wonderful. If you have the time, uh, the spare time, perhaps after 
All this is said and done, you must come up north. These creatures are truly beautiful. Some of them we haven't even seen since the Age of Dragons. The Age of Dragons, you say? Yes. Yes, yes, um, you know, I have a friend, I heard he was in Morosi at some, he was in Morosi at some point. Uh, I don't know if you happen to be small world of Endake if you heard of my friend Sievert. Sievert. Dragonborn White. Hmm. That name does ring a bell. Uh, why? Why are you searching for him? Perhaps that will help me remember. Oh, he's a he's a dear friend. Uh, every time we get together, it's a it's a very explosively fun event. Everybody, you know, it's it's heartwarming. It's very heartwarming every time we run into each other. And I just think that perhaps it would be nice to pay him a visit at some point. I, I, you know. Last I heard, he was up to some really fun times that I would really like to find out what he's up to up there. Or anywhere, really, but I heard he was in Morose at one point. Sievert, the name is rather familiar. I... Chromatic um... Dragon Club or something killed, I don't know. He's... Ah, yes, the Chromatic Order. Yeah, oh, yes, exactly. yes. Uh, they do have an outpost in Morose. They've been helping out with some of the northern communes a little bit. I think they headquarter somewhere in the northern mountains in Morose, close to the breakaways. Which is, of course, where Zima Lake meets the Sigirni Sea. Yes. And also this tapestry you speak of is in that general direction. Yes. Yes, it is. You see, like, the, like, calculus mind going right now. I've heard reports of uh, members of the Chromium Order uh, uh, hunting game near the commune, sharing the game that they've they've hunted, um, going back up north into their, I suppose, their mountainous lair. If you're looking for your friend, Sievert, that's probably where he is. Well, I very much appreciate this information, friend. And rest assured, Elder, uh, if I, V. Noxurzo, can do anything for you, I... I'm ready and willing. I will run to you as quickly as possible. Um, life is a little hectic right now. You know, life of a paragon, being asked to go all over and talk, save people, you know, capture god shards. Uh, so I've, I may have some things to do, but I, I've, I think I'm, you're going to, this isn't the last time you've seen your old friend V. Nakshurzo. I would be ecstatic to have you join the Alliance of the Eight as a paragon. Yes, I would love to. You seem like a wonderful group. You seem very straightforward. I don't think you're up to anything that could be considered nasty or trying to take oh, advantage of a great beyond. Of course not. Exactly. You seem wonderful. I, I've, I've got a good feeling about you, Elder. I've got a very good feeling about you. And I've got a good feeling about you as well. V, was it? Yes. You could call me V, you can call me Victoria, you can, anything, I, I was, just call my, just spout out a V name and I, I'll show up. Well then, V of any name, I look forward to sitting in on alliance meetings with you. And he holds out a hand for you to shake. Uh, you know, I, I seldom shake a hand, Elder, not as a disrespectful sign to you, but as I've been finding myself in some precarious situations. But, you know, why not? And he just goes, like, takes a moment and boosh. And you shake hands. 
right? And he's got a firm grip despite his age. Do I need to do an arcana check to no, see? No, you're good. You're good. You're good. <laughs> okay. This was this was like this was one of the few handshakes you've done that wasn't actually malicious. Or or is it? Dun dun dun. Boom, boom, boom. Just kidding. Uh I think V is like, well, friend, I've taken enough of your time. Uh, can I take some of this elk meat with me to go? This is so delicious. Absolutely. Absolutely. Have have a hodge. Oh, Jesus. Your generosity will not be forgotten, friend. Thank of you. Course. Have a good, wonderful time. I will see you. This will not be our last meeting. Uh, I hope not. Enjoy. May Nitbuza bless your journeys and your stories. And may Scott and Nectus make all of our dice rolls Roll in our favor. Huh. That's odd thing to say, but thank you. I appreciate it. Risk and reward and V like tips like tips the haunch at uh, Elder and walks walks away. Okay. V, as you walk off, let's go to Oka. I have three ideas. Uh I want to talk to Duchess Rhyme Starwing. I also want to talk to Lord Henka Oju. And I also want to talk to Karishma Bhattaval. So either one, Connie, you take your pick. Oh, geez. Which one feels... Which one feels the most important to to get to before the ceremony? Uh, probably uh, Duchess Starwing, but we could all do that together if you want to do Princess Kokoa first. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. So let's cut over actually now to Manaya. Manaya, you find Princess Kakoa in her courtyard, just like all the other dignities, dignitaries at their courtyards. Uh, but you're actually redirected elsewhere because she is busy doing, doing stuff. She's not just chilling in her courtyard. Uh, and you are directed to, I think, a pool, uh, like an outdoor kind of like pond or like the largest body of water within the palace uh, that there is, like a, like a lake almost. Uh, and you're told that the princess is swimming. Uh, she always swims in the morning and swims in the evening. And I think you catch her, let's say you catch her in the morning. Uh, so you are escorted by, I think, like Wuhan soldiers uh, to the edge of this like beautiful lake in the middle of the slumbering palace. Like there's like bamboo stalks growing like on the edges and these beautiful shrubs and like this like sandy, like rocky shore that slopes gently into like crystal blue waters with like lily pads floating on top, right? And you sort of see like backstroking uh, back toward the, the shore, uh, Princess Kakoa. Uh, and as you sort of stand at the shore waiting for her, she sort of like, sort of like hits like a shallower area, turns around, dives under. And when she comes up, she sort of like throws her uh, hair back and like sort of shakes it out. And like her hair sort of poofs out as she does. Uh, and sort of like um, swiping like the water like off of her, off of her limbs as she like walks, walks out uh, of the water. And she's in sort of like a, like swimming gear, I think. Like uh, she's got like these like kind of like skin, like, skin tight, I think, like, leathers on. Uh, and her face sort of, like, brightens when she sees you. Princess Kakoa's, like, fearbulg face sort of uh, lights up with a smile. Uh, and you sort of see, like, the water catching on her various piercings, right? And her tattoos, like, glimmering darkly uh, from the sleek shine of it. She stands up, nods at you. Ah! Hello there, a fellow Uhan, I'm guessing? Manaya gives an Uhan salute and says... Princess Kekoa, it's an honor to see you. Please, please. 
And like she sort of like dismisses your salute and gives you a really a quick flashes a quick one back at you. And she starts like wringing her hair out, right? Like sort of like squeezing the water out of it. How can I help you? It's been quite a week, hasn't it? All that stuff with the Kagan. I can hardly believe what's up and what's down. When things spin around like that, it's like you're caught in the undertow, hey? Certainly. But we all know the way to get out of a riptide is not to fight against it. You have to stay calm, swim in the correct direction. And Mahu's waves will take you to the shore. Precisely. I've heard, uh, reports, rumors, that you and several other guests have visited the Kagan. I assume that's part of why you're visiting me now? Art, yes. Among other things, I'm here to talk to you about the Alliance of the Eight. Seems like that's what everyone wants to talk about these days, though it makes sense. The world's ended. We need strong leadership, don't we? Let me guess, you want me to join the Alliance? Well, I know you cannot speak for your mother, our queen, but as many friends as in high places as we can get. Well, you shan't worry yourself. I've decided to tell mother that I think we should join. You're not the first to approach me about this this week. The Elder from Morose and Lord Henka Oju have both spoken to me. Oh. Well, I'm glad to hear it. You are correct to assume I am from Uhanahi. Manaya nervously looks away and grabs her arm as she says, How fast things down south? <sighs> she lets out like a very long and deep sigh. And sort of like looks off into the middle distance. I think she like looks off into the lapping waves of the shore of the lake. Not good. Every day, more people leave Uhanahi. They're willing to brave the dangerous waters and try to find some purchase on the Dragonfang coast of, ne of Nabal or even up north to the court than to stay and wait for their homes to be destroyed. Certainly you've heard of the storm approaching. Rumors that it was in the distance. Well, it's true. There is a massive storm brewing on the southern horizon, the likes of which I've never seen before. The ocean turns dark. Everywhere it touches, we can't see beyond it. Every day it comes closer. Our researchers, our scientists, the top leaders of the URL, they say that it will make landfall in well, sometime next year. Many are leaving. And those who stay know that they're signing their own death warrant, but still, they're placing their hopes in myself and my mother to figure out a way forward for all of us. That's why I think we need to join the Alliance. I don't know what to do. And if what's happening in the other nations is true, then it's her, isn't it? It's Mahu in that storm. <laughs> who would have thought that the very goddess that has blessed us with all this life and everything we have will be the one to take it away from us. The god shards are not exactly like the gods they originate from. The god shards we've recovered are not like themselves. They're broken and scared in the aftermath of the cataclysm, just like all of us. You took the words out of my mouth. I do not believe this to be what Mahu would like. Nor do I believe this is even 
intentional. And do you speak as her paragon, Manaya Wairua? I speak as her paragon, though I do not speak on behalf of her. Not yet. Why haven't you come yet? It's because the seas trouble you. Manaya's eyes water just a little bit. We've had so much to do. We spent months in the Republic, the court, the championship here. There's so much to do. And as much as I would, I would swim there myself if it came down to it. But the other Paragons, they need me and, and I need them. If the seas are as bad as I've heard from uh, Captain Lahahana, then we will need the full strength of as many realized Paragons as we can to brave those waters. And believe me, I love our country. I love the islands, the waves, the, the way the coconuts fall. It, I miss it so much. I've heard reports of pillars of water and storms like unlike anything that have ever graced the waters. It's a miracle you were able to get here. <laughs> a miracle indeed. It's actually only with the help of the Uhanahi Research Laboratory's latest vessel that we were even able to make landfall south of well, south of here. Well, may Mahu's waves guide you home safely. Thank you, Manaya. You must come and help us soon. I know that as far as other nations go, I suppose you could count Uhanahi lucky. We haven't been hit with the effects of the God Shard so fiercely and rabidly like the other places, but I know that when Mahu does come, she will not leave any life in her wake. We need our paragon, Manaya. We can't do this alone. I know. Well, I hope to see you on the Alliance of the Eight. I will convince my mother to join. And I suppose we will be working together. Look forward to it. Later in the week, I'll have to introduce you to the doctor, Dr. Luso. He is sort of our point person. Since the... And it makes sense, they're not a paragon. So, they don't have the bias that we do. <laughs> yes, I'd heard about this Dr. Elusu as well. And the prince friend of yours, the one with the pupils, had mentioned them as well during the entrance ceremony. I look forward to meeting them. One last thing. My princess, permission to speak freely. She raises an eyebrow. Permission granted? You cannot trust the URL. We've had more than one run-in with them, and I cannot divulge much for the sake of many, many people involved, but rest assured you will know soon why, but you cannot trust the URL. They are meddling in affairs that concern the fate of Andake herself and not in the way that anyone needs. But they've been helping us. And their research, it's brought Uhanahi much prosperity. I know. And I'm not asking you to do any, to take any action now. I 
would that would be a breach of any everything. But just be careful, all right? I see. Thank you, Manaya. I'll make sure to watch my next interactions with them carefully. Do so. And do you have any researchers with you on your vessel? In our group? No. Just sailors. Good. Keep them close. Certainly. Would you like to join me for a lap? Manaya, like, rolls her shoulders. I haven't swam in months. <laughs> well, don't be surprised when I swim laps around you, then. <laughs> I wouldn't count on that. And Manaya, like, shrugs off her leaf cape and starts doing some stretches. Yeah. As you do your aerobics on the shore, I think uh, we can cut over to Oka. Also sometime during this week. Perhaps this is a good time for the party to talk to Duchess Starwing? The hounds told me that it was Duchess Starwing who received the prophecy so clearly. With the, with the bones. Prophecy? The one about us dying. Oh. I think V at this point would have also told what the Elder said about how in the original Stranger Wars the Paragons didn't have to die. And that I don't understand either. Shuhaimya's diary stops in the middle of a sentence. There's nothing else. Like, they died writing the words. Well, a lot of things could have happened. Maybe they just got interrupted. Maybe someone brought them a, a nice lunch. Said the diary kept shifting. The words change back and forth. I'm trying to log it all out, but it takes time. Nothing shifts after that? No, nothing on any following pages? Nothing. No matter what I try, I bleed on it in different ways. I've licked it. I've, I've done everything. It's just, it's just empty. There's no more. All right, well, we should, yeah, we should talk to this person about the prophecy. I know her, sort of. Well, kind of. Oh? We can make an introduction. <clears throat> Interesting. She dated Mercy for, like, a while. This was before, I think they were, they were already broken up by the time that uh, I joined the Hounds, but it was a thing, and she came to visit once or twice. Had some words for Mercy, and they were very strong words, but I think she remembers me. If my parents are anything to go on, Metamors should at least be friends. Not Mercy's. Wait, Metamors? I. Mercy was not me. No, no, I was never. I was never. She's like, what? Oh, I think we just assumed. Yeah, I mean. So, you were second in command, weren't you? Yeah, I was second in command because I'm good at swinging my sword around and not in that way either. <laughs> sure, Oka, whatever you say. We're going to the Duchess. Stop talking to me about this. Uh, we, we cut to uh, the four of you and maybe also Rev, because Rev also knows the Duchess. Uh, finding Duchess Rhyme Starwing. She's in the courtyard that the denizens of the court have been provided with. And she's sort of like... <sighs> I think she's uh, sitting very like regally at the base of a tree uh, and she is feeding a flock of ravens that have all sort of like come down and are pecking at seed that she's sort of like spreading across the ground. Right. And like as the like five of you enter through the archway without even looking up, she goes, uh, I was expecting you. Duchess Starwing, it's... I look a little different, but it's good to see you again. Oka. Hmm. 
And she smiles kind of tightly. This like drow woman, she turns and she stands up and the ravens sort of flutter, but they don't leave. And even like as Rev steps through the archway, like more ravens come down and start like pecking at the seed. And one of them even lands on Rev's like shoulder. Hmm. She like looks at it. It's been a while, Oka. A pleasure to see you as always. I always appreciate your formalities. Uh, rhyme now. Yes. Duchess Rhyme, Starwing. I would like to make a formal introduction myself and my fellow paragons. Of course. Oka, Paragon of Sen, Manaya, Paragon of Mahu, V, Paragon of Scott and Nectus, Dewey, current Paragon of Galtanger, and Rev, Paragon of our Queen. I am Duchess Rhyme Starwing. I'm the Duchess of the Winter Court of Ravens. Mercy brought some surprising information to us from you. I thought it should be confirmed by all of us here what you saw, the prophecy bones, the message, in its exact terms, please. I'm very sorry, Oka, but the message was clear. The Paragons are destined to die, to save Andake. That's it. That's all. That's the whole message. Destiny doesn't always conform to the shape and contours that we, oh, we want it to conform to, Oka. With all due respect, Duchess, please do not go on to me about destiny. <laughs> she is the final mistress of us all. And then, of course... We all belong to the Raven Queen. V uh, coughs a little bit. Is there any chance maybe you were just reading the message wrong? Sometimes I hear, I'm not the one who reads prophecies, but I hear, you know, maybe some misinterpretation. Is there any possible way that you misinterpreted the message? Shall I show you? Yes. Then close your eyes. And as each of you closes your eyes, uh, you don't know what she's doing, but you hear her like chanting, like very faintly under her breath. And you hear like the fluttering of wings and you assume the ravens are taking off. Uh, but you hear more fluttering of wings and more and more, like a lot more than just like the few ravens that were pecking around on the frozen earth for seed. And all of you feel like these like whisper soft feathers grazing against your exposed skin. And you feel the weave sort of tighten around all of you, kind of pleasantly though, like a hammock rocking you to sleep. And then a vision flashes through each of your eyes. And I think you all know intimately that you're sharing this vision as it comes to you at the same time. And all of you see a bloodied red, crimson, sundered, battlefield you see your nightmare you see the eight of you as yourselves Manaya, Oka Dewey, V, Rev the Emperor and two other people whose forms still glitch out a little they escape you but they're almost drawn into closer and tighter clarity but that's not what you're concerned with right now what you're concerned with right now is the stranger. It towers above all of you, taller than the world, spasming the sky with bleeding 
eyes uh, belching and, and sobbing tears that slough onto the ground and form horrific, slobbering monstrosities and aberrations. You also see these vast wings is what you realize they are. That's why the sky is so red. They're crimson red wings plastering the entire atmosphere, covering all of the shell of Andake. And as the eight of you turn and face this thing, you meet your maker, you meet your destiny, and you meet your doom. And the next series of images are so... It's like even though you're in a dream, they're so vague and they flash past you and they pass through you with very little meaning and sediment left behind. But all of you get the sense that one by one, each of you fall. And then one of you comes by, pulls the other along, picks them up. But, but slowly and surely, your power begins to wane as you fight back and you struggle against these eyes, these wings, the huge towering body of this stranger. And in a final attempt to fight back against it, all eight of you lock your powers together and you strike. And in that single final powerful blow, you strike it down? Did you? The eyes seem to shudder, they seem to close, they seem to blink and glitch. And then the world falls away. And I think all of you just sort of like gasp back into your bodies as like the vision ends there. And you get the sense that like the last thing you feel is this, the cold fingers of nothingness gripping you as you spend the last of your energy fighting back against this monstrosity and you inhabit your bodies yet again. Your eyes fly open, look around, you see this courtyard and all of you see Duchess Rhyme starving with the raven still flocked at her feet, fingers steepled, brows knitted in grim resignment. So you see, it's the only way forward. <sighs> Thank you. Thank you. That was very clear. Uh, Noka kind of like stumbles backwards a few steps and uh, turns and starts to walk away. I think V is also very similar, just very quiet and just like stands and slowly turns and kind of follows Oka out as well. Dewey's also very quiet and doesn't make eye contact with um, Duchess Starwing as he files out. Is Rev still here, or does she follow? Rev's still here. Manaya stumbles, and then and then she's, she mumbles something about Duchess, join the Alliance. Wait, no, we'll talk later. Not now. And then looks at Rev. Um, I'll catch up. You go on. Manaya turns away, still mumbling about the Alliance walks away and I don't think any of you see this but Rev lingers in the garden with the Duchess she steps forward and says Duchess how certain are you that our sacrifices kill the stranger and the Duchess like pauses for a really long time and she says it is the only way forward, my paragon. 
How certain are you? None of them have any training in prophecy, but that ending, that... How certain are you? Rev, it is our only way forward. I understand. And Rev just sort of like turns around. She starts to leave, but then she pauses. She sort of like says over her shoulder, What would you give up, Duchess, to save Andake? Everything. Everything I stand for. Everything I've ever held dear. My faith. My love. Everything I've ever cared about. Me too. Thank you. I know what I have to do. And Rev lets out a quick sigh and leaves before the Duchess gets this quizzical look over her face, is about to call after her, but Rev's gone in a swirl of feathery cape. And I think on Rev leaving, we can maybe cut back to all of y'all back at the guest quarters. Uh, maybe this can be this night. Maybe it can be like a, a day or two later, depending on what makes sense for y'all. Uh, but I think this next scene should happen like right before the ceremony itself, right? Maybe like y'all are like, getting ready for the ceremony, uh, like putting your clothes on, like talking over your plan of attack, maybe like trying to process the vision that you just saw from the Duchess. And I think we like cut back to the five of you reunited in the guest quarters. I think V is, um, she's got back on her like formal wear from the other night and as finishing casting mending on the last touches of it to make it look uh, nice and pristine again after it was like through a fireball and uh she's healed now she's looking much more energetic and ready um but she's very serious she's very much not her normal like yeah this is going to be fun type uh and she's sort of like while she's in here she's casting a lot of looks at like particularly rev but then also like oka and everybody else and She's just like, all right, what are we, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? How are we going to stop this? How are we going to, what are we doing here? Manaya passes uh, parts of her, her dress that were also probably singed and torn over to V because Manaya can't cast mending. Um, and she says, I don't know, Oka, what's the plan? Can you tell us the plan? Uh, I think Oka's like sitting on a windowsill, you know, and it's like cracked open. Uh, and they have just been, they've been chain smoking. Uh, they're on their like eighth one, you know, uh, they just keep rolling them and they kind of just like let them burn. They're not even smoking them. They just like roll them. They burn down and then they roll the next one. And they just shake their head now. All right. So what do we do? Let the we wedding the proceed as planned. Yes. What do we have to do? Is there any customs? Are they going to ask us to sing the national anthem or something? What? No. No. Just follow along with everyone else. You'll go... I'll lead you there. You just follow my lead. Right. And if the other night was anything to go off of, I don't think the assassination will be the only thing that Adam and the Paragon Killer have in store. So just be on your guard. Take your axe. Take 
whatever you have in your many, many bags of stuff, do we just take it all and don't let anyone get hurt? V finishes up mending Manai's stuff and hands it back. You know, normally I like going into situations without uh, much of a plan this time. This time I'm a, I'm a little worried for us, friends. This time... Uh, what is it you always say? This time you should trust your old friend, Oka. V. I think V, like, looks at Oka a little more intensely probably than V ever has and, like, almost contemplates casting detect thoughts on Oka. And then, like, maybe just sighs a little bit and, like, all right. I'm gonna trust you. And here. We can make a promise. This is not a sacrifice. This is a fucking fight. And I'm not going down here. Neither are you. Neither are you. Or you. Or you. None of us go down here. None of us go down here. That's later. We don't think about that now. No. Not here. Not even later. We stand as one. When you hear the big boom, shit's going down and I need your help. Big boom, usually that's my department, but uh, I'll be there. Scott and Nectis. Oh, we learned so much from each other, hey? Remember when we didn't even know each other? You know that first night, V? I checked all of my shit three times because I just assumed you would have stolen something out of my bag. Maybe I tried. Did you find my hunting trap? My hand was a little hurting after that for a few days. Good, serves you right. I, um, I need to go get changed. I'll pick you all up for the ceremony in an hour. Sounds good. Okay. Uh, so as Oka leaves, I think we cut to an hour later, uh, which is Oka getting changed. And do you lead your friends to the throne room, which is being repurposed for the uh, ceremonial hall? On the way, as we're walking, Manaya stops abruptly and says, Wait, there's a changeling. We don't know who we can trust. We need a code word. Destiny. I like it. Let's go. Okay. The five of you make your way, I think with the rest of the Hien family as well, because everyone's getting, like, all of the royal families are pouring out of their courtyards. All of these guests, you know, all servants, everyone who's anyone uh, in the slumbering palace is headed toward the throne room in preparation for the marriage, uh, the vows of matrimony between Prince Moa and Halo, the dream prophet. And as all of you sort of are ushered up the massive flights of like marble stairs leading up to this huge like throne room with its like multiple like fawning eaves, right? And like huge like brick tiled roofing, you enter into the uh, hall proper, and you see those self-same huge pillars of pure sapphire, right? Glimmering all the way down uh, this like long tongue of red carpet that stretches all the way up to the podium. Uh, the raised dais at the very end of this hall. The throne of the emperor is still there. The emperor is not currently sitting in it. Uh, but she presumably will be sitting in it to officiate the wedding when it happens. Uh, and you see like two areas at the foot of the throne that have been cleared, presumably for Prince Moore and Halo the Dream Prophet, because you do see the first wife, Queen Moore, 
and like her uh, her family, her other children, stood up on the one side of the dais, and you see the fearbulk parents of Halo stood up on the other side, waiting uh, for their children to arrive when the ceremony is underway, and there are just like rows and rows and rows of like, uh, I think like little padded mats on the ground uh, where foreign dignitaries, royal family members and honored guests can kneel and sit and wait uh, for the wedding train, uh, the, the royal palanquin to arrive that will bear Halo within it. So Oka, your family, it's like arranged seating, right? Uh, your family has a special little area, I think close to the front because you are royal and the rest of the guests are like in the middle and like the lower ranking nobles are in the very back. So, Oka, how do you, like, sort of finagle, like, your friends to where they're supposed to be seating? Please, just follow my lead. It will be spread out, so we can cover all the angles. Smart. Let's do that. Okay. I think all of you disperse to, like, your own little areas of the hall. You find, like, empty seats. Uh, and why don't, like, each of you just tell me, like, loosely where in the hall you're sitting? Let's start with Dewey. Um, I think Dewey will be sitting... There are, like, uh, multiple levels to this, um, seating area, right? Yes, uh, there's sort of, like, a, like, a balcony area, let's say, that sort of, like, overlooks, like, the hall, like, from above. Yeah, I think Dewey's, uh, insinuating himself into some of the lesser nobles that are sitting up there, so he's got, like, a... A bird's eye view? Mm-hmm. Okay, sounds good. Uh, what about you, V? Uh, v is going to find a seat within 500 feet of where the ceremony is going to be. Just, you know, just on the tip of it, maybe a little bit closer, just in case. And uh, she's going she's gonna, to like find some people who clearly doesn't know who she is. And she's going to be, oh, hey, friends, it's so good to see you again. And like, find it. Can I sit here? It's so, oh, my goodness. We can catch up before the ceremony. This is great. And like sits down and ingratiates herself to those around her as if she's known them for all of their lives. <laughs> yeah, you hear them go, oh, yeah, from exam prep. Yeah, it's been forever. You know, exactly. they like, like let you in. <laughs> you just exactly. want to worm your way in there. Perfect. Uh, Manaya? If there is, if it is at all possible, Manaya would like to find a spot next to, or, well, maybe not next to, but nearby uh, the eighth consort, Liu Baishir. Oh, sure. Yeah, she sort of, like, sat up front with the rest of the other consorts. If there's a seat. Yeah, maybe, like, she, like, this halfling woman looks up at you, sort of waggles her fingers and pats an open seat seat next to her. Like, almost like she was anticipating this to happen. Manaya bows shallowly and sits next to her and whispers, I met Miss Gao. Thank you for everything. Oh, you're very welcome, dearie. And now, uh, about that interview... Is now really the best time? Well, and she like she like throws her hands up like when else is gonna be better? She has she, she goes on. My story starts on a farm. And like, she just sort of like starts talking to you, you know, and like going on and on with you. Maybe you're just like nodding and smiling along. Uh, and of course, last but not least, Oka. Where do we see you slink off to? Oka sits with their family. I think. Uh, and they kind of pull in close to uh, their mother. Uh, you pull in close to your mother, and Arden sort of turns to you, smiles. Okay, there you are. Yaya was wondering where you were. I wouldn't miss it for anything. Here, have a seat. This one's for you. Thank you, Arden. Mom. Uh, of course, Oka. <laughs> You're acting kind of oddly, but 
This is probably a hard day for you. Complicated. Very complicated. <laughs> Isn't everything nowadays? And as we like zoom away, I think, from this conversation, and like everyone's like getting situated, like getting ready for the palanquin to come in, we're gonna pull away from the hall and go through one of the many like dusty windows at like the very top of this throne room and push out of it. And we're gonna like sort of go down, down, down and around to a private garden just outside the throne room that is only accessible to the emperor himself, who we see. The emperor dressed in these vast, beautifully embroidered ceremonial robes, right? Uh, has actually, I think, like parted the pearls on their crown to be able to look up at the sky. Uh, they're stood in the middle of this garden, surrounded by like these beautiful flowers, this shrubbery, a little stream gurgling with water. I think their hands are maybe like clasped behind their back. And they're just looking very patiently and curiously and attentively up at the sky. And then we see what they see, what they've been waiting for this entire time which is the first snow of winter. Their eyes perk up as we see like a single snowflake drift down from the ever-present cloudy gray sky. And the emperor's eyes follow the snowflake drifting, drifting, drifting down. And they hold out a hand and the snowflake like lands in the center of their palm and melts against the heat of it. And then more snow begins to fall. More and more and more. A thin uh, deluge at first that begins to grow into a thicker flurry. No harsh wind, just snow, beautiful, white, and crisp, falling from the sky. And then, cutting through the air, is a golden chisel. Just like how this session began, we see it slicing through the atmosphere and punch through the back of the Emperor's body and poof, explode outward through the front of their chest. Blood splashes onto the ground and decorates this thin covering of snow, pure crimson. And the Emperor is going to take 24 points of piercing damage. And what does the emperor do? The emperor, well, sort of. Uh, as the chisel goes through, they stagger forward. Uh, their eyes like closed as like the pain just like rockets right through them. And when they open their eyes, there are two pupils in each eye and a single red lightning bolt carved through one as the blood that spills out on this like freshly fallen snow begins to rise in little bubbles around them. And Oka turns, faces the Paragon Killer, and goes, hey bitch, me again, let's dance. Podcast editing is by Marissa Ewing of Hemlock Creek Productions. Transplaner RPG is proudly sponsored by at Dimitri Opines on Twitter and explaintrade.com, a negotiation skills training consultancy, because you can't ask to roll persuasion in real life. Check out explaintrade.com.
please consider giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. This helps so much with getting new listeners to find us. New podcast episodes drop every Tuesday. If you can't wait that long, tune into our live stream Saturdays at 7 p.m. U.S. Central Time on Twitch at TransplanarRPG. Also, toss us a follow on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and YouTube at TransplanarRPG. We also have a Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, character sheets, high-res art, and much, much more. And finally, a very special thank you to our Patreon paragons. Azura, Brooke Bright, Charles, Chiacres, Cora Eckert, Emma, Hat, Conding, Lex Slater, Purple Mouse, Scruffesis, and Target.